can't believe. I gotta tell you, of all the things in the world that I did not expect us to turn into hipster doofuses about, I did not expect the fumble through the end zone to be the one that all of a sudden the internet was going to decide, nope, we want to be contrarian and become hipster doofuses about it because too many of you are saying it's a dumb rule. It's still as stupid as the first time we saw it, no matter what nonsense, cockamamie nonsense you have made up in your mind. Well, there should be a rule for the defense, right? Why this one? Why this one? Because the end zone is sacred. What? My buddy John in Little Rock sent me a video. Ryan Clark on ESPN this morning was apparently trying to compare defending the end zone to going to church. It's hollowed ground. And therefore, if you fumble near the end zone, you should be smitten because of it. Y'all are trying so hard because you can't just say, there's no real defense of it, but I like it. I like it because everybody else doesn't like it, and I want to be a contrarian. That's just the way it is. That's who we are as people. We like being contrarians. And everybody hated it for forever, so we decided we had to change our mind. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. The Ravens are going to the AFC Championship game. In fact, they're hosting the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs this Saturday for the first time in franchise history, hosting an AFC Championship game. And I am uh, not... I, I don't know. I'm not... I don't want to say I'm not nervous because that would be insane. Of course I'm nervous, but I feel good. I, watching the Kansas City Chiefs last night, I don't. I, no matter what had happened at the end of that game, I don't know that I would have felt all that differently about it. I I feel very good. In fact, I think the number is kind of surprisingly low, if I'm uh, being totally honest. Although. I don't know where it got backed up to. Maybe I'll check Superbook. It dipped in some places to two and a half last night. Yeah. It dipped to two and a half. And when it was at two and a half in some places, I regret not jumping all over that. Uh, it is back up to three and a half today at Superbook. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, with Superbook. Again, Superbook.com, and download the Superbook app. lot going on. lot going on, obviously, with the Ravens being in the AFC Championship game. It's going to be a busy week. It's going to be an exciting week. This is what you live for when you are a sports fan. Coming up in the program today, our buddy Kadri Ismail will join us. We'll make our first trip to Kansas City this week. We'll catch up with uh, my buddy Soren Petro. And uh, also this morning, we will uh, it's Monday, so we'll chat with Jeremy Kahn, and who knows what else might pop up during the course of the program. I, I, if you joined us for Project Game Day, and we will have, by the way, stay tuned, because we might be shuffling the schedule for Project Game Day around this Sunday. We're, we're maybe thinking about moving it if the Ravens win till later at the night because we think that people are going to want to go out and celebrate and bang some pots and pans. We remember what happened the last time the Ravens won the AFC Championship. Everybody went to, what was it, Fells Point where everybody went to? Or was it Federal Hill? It was Federal Hill, right? Where, like, everybody descended upon oddly for no reason whatsoever. Um, 
So we, we're thinking maybe we give everybody some time if the Ravens win, and we might do Project Game Day a little bit later in the day if the Ravens win. If they lose, hey, we don't really want to do it. <laughs> but we'll just get it out of the way. That'll be the way that it goes. So um, working uh, working on the uh, the scenarios, working on that. So we will see uh, how that all ends up playing out. All that being said, Project Game Day it's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We bring all of that up to say I am considering the fact that this team is just maybe the best team in football, and that all of these other factors that we've worried about. The truth is, sort of what I brought up when we talked with Josh Bynes, that just winning the games is all that matters. Winning the games. And maybe the Chiefs can make the same argument. They're not that good of a team, right? Like, not as compared to the Ravens, not over the course of the totality of the season. They've played decent football of late. The argument is that the Chiefs just win the games. That's all they do. Figure out a way to win the games. Doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter how impressive you look. Doesn't matter any of those things. Just figure out a way to win the games. The Ravens did that for some time. And we didn't praise them for just figuring out a way to win the games. We said instead, well, I don't know. They look kind of shaky. They... They're not all that impressive. In the beginning of the season, for the most part, they were winning their games. They weren't blowing people out of the water until those two games against, obviously, the Lions and the Seahawks. But they were figuring out ways to win the games. The season goes on. Now they start kicking everyone's teeth in. DVOA, Aaron Schatz, tells us they're they're actually one of the great teams in NFL history, but we're still reluctant to buy into that. We're like, well, really? I don't, I don't know. Can, can that be true? We don't know why we don't feel that way. It appears to be nothing other than that's, that's how things go. We accept, we accept the thought process that, like, Nothing's ever as good as it seems. Or we just say things like people are football stat nerds. Uh, analytics, be, I don't know. They're not that good. And we end up panicking about things like um, being a 10-10 game at the half on Saturday. I was really befuddled by that. Like, I was befuddled by anyone who watched it. And it's funny because even, like, Femi acknowledged afterwards that he was – I'm like, I didn't have a, even a, an amount of nerves. Well, it was a, not even remotely. I it mean, was 10, it was 10. a tied game. It was 10-10 because they gave up a yes. punt return. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But there was nothing that you had actually seen in the first half that suggested that the Ravens were in peril. The offense had yeah, – well, how many drives did they stall? You were well. The, Two or three. If you're measuring it by the last drive when there were 30 seconds left and oh. they got the ball back, then that's not – these are the scenario. The circumstances needed to be taken into consideration. And this is what happens. The last two times the Ravens got the ball, they don't do anything with it. So all of a sudden we say to ourselves, like, oh, man, the Texans might have figured something out. 
Well, the truth is, it was understandable. All of this could have been easily thought at the half. It was understandable that Todd Munkin didn't have a game plan in for the Texans to be blitzing on every down because the Texans blitzed less than anyone in football. If he had adjusted on the final drive, it would have been no help. Putting guys underneath with 30 seconds left ain't going to help you. That ain't getting you there. You had to get big chunk plays or you weren't going to be able to get any points. So, yes, it looks bad because you got sacked twice, but the truth is a sack is the same neutral play there as a six-yard gain would have been. Now, two drives earlier, it would have been helpful for there to have been underneath options for Lamar Jackson. Two drives before that, or the second drive, second to last drive, that would have been the case. So you're really measuring one drive and saying, oh, the Texans might have figured out the Ravens. Despite the fact that all season long, we had watched this team, uh, well, that, and we had watched this team adjust at the half. Yeah. You can go back and check the tweets. It's there. I was not worked up about it. It was goofy that it was a tied game at the half. Now, it's football, as I always say. You never know what goofy things might occur at some point, and who knows, right? Like, if you, on going forward on fourth and one, if you fumble the uh, the snap, then life could be different. But as far as which team was better, at the half, we already knew the Ravens were better. They were better for the first 30 minutes. There was an obvious adjustment that needed to be made. The great news is that this team is really good at making adjustments unbelievably good at it it's one of the joys of watching this team all season um i feel good about this team i feel really good about this team i feel great about lamar jackson what's not to feel great about he's lamar jackson perhaps you've heard of him you need to go fix that behind yeah you. right that yeah. number might as well be all the way up what do you want yeah, like 75, I was thinking, uh, probably. Yeah, right, fine. There you go, 75. I don't care. It's not my thing. There's still four teams left. 75 is probably high, but whatever. I don't care. It's not my thing. Um, the, uh, the argument that – not the, the argument's the wrong word. The fear that people had because of what had happened in the past was never fair. As he said, we, we created a scenario where Lamar Jackson was a bad playoff quarterback, all based on one football game. We allowed it to continue to be told based on one game. And again, a game in which, almost similar to the Steelers game earlier this season, it wasn't Lamar Jackson's fault. For whatever reason Mark Andrews had the worst game of his career in a playoff game against the Titans a few years back and we allowed that to set a narrative and to creep into even our own minds this like fear that maybe the Ravens aren't good in the playoffs knowing damn well that if we actually looked at the evidence there was no way to judge the Ravens by what happened against the Chargers the first year because Lamar Jackson was Barely an NFL player at that point. It's not just that he was a rookie. It's not just that, like, you can't even compare him to C.J. Stroud. 
who, by the way, does anybody think C.J. Stroud stinks because he got his ass kicked by the Ravens? Does anybody think C.J. Stroud won't be one of the best quarterbacks in football for the next five to ten years because he got obliterated, didn't put together a single touchdown drive against the Ravens on Saturday? Does anyone think that that sets a narrative for C.J. Stroud? Doesn't seem like it. And Lamar Jackson wasn't even C.J. Stroud at that point against the Chargers. He had played half as much as C.J. Stroud had. So that game wasn't a fair way to measure him by. They lost a coin flip game in Buffalo, in Buffalo, against Josh Allen and the Bills. Well, that must mean a stink, right? Right? It's... It was nonsense that we perpetuated the narrative. But I also understood in order for it to go away, you had to prove it. The easy thing to say is, not the easy thing, the thing we should have been saying is, hey, the Ravens lost one really bad playoff game. Other than that, like there's no excuse still that they lost that game to the Titans. That was a really bad loss. But Lamar didn't pee his pants that day. The Ravens were built to win a certain way. Other guys let had disappointing efforts. They lost a football game. They shouldn't have lost it. And it created a narrative. It was a bad loss. And we dealt with that. And some people clung to it. Because some people are desperate to cling to something because they're not actually watching the games. This is what you get when you watch national media types when that's what you're into and that's the content you take in knowing damn well they don't know what they're talking about and in fairness they can't you can't watch 32 teams every week but it gets packaged and they pretend in the same way that it would be wrong for me to suggest that I know the story of the Indianapolis Colts or the Chicago Bears, they can't know the story of the Baltimore Ravens. You should have. The fear was unfounded. It was an anomaly. I would say I'm glad it's over, but the truth is, it's still not really over. Maybe the fear part for you as a Ravens fan is over. Maybe for you... The Ravens beating the Texans takes care of I'm not I I don't have to worry about them repeating what happened in 2019. That part is taken care of. This on Sunday is far more of a 50-50. You lose this game, you know, it was a game that you could lose. This is the Chiefs we're talking about. The team playing in their sixth consecutive championship game. The 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 boogeyman. Bonkers, by the way. But there's a new narrative that comes into play. And I'm writing about it today at, at PressBoxOnline.com. This is the eternal, you know, Ric Flair game. This is the eternal to be the man, you got to beat the man thing. And the truth is, if the Ravens lose it, there'll be a new narrative. The narrative will be, well, in the playoffs, the only, the only quarterbacks Lamar Jackson's ever beat are Ryan Tannehill and a rookie. There will be a new narrative if the Ravens lose this game. The narrative will be, in their biggest or most important, they've never won one of those. The narrative won't be the same, but it only shifts slightly. 
the wording will be all that changes. The wording will now be that when he's faced one of the big-time quarterbacks, he's lost. That'll be the wording of how the narrative reads moving forward. And that's... It's not... You could say it's not fair because it'll still be somewhat of an anomaly because you would still be able to say, well, like, what would have happened if Lamar had played in two of those seasons? There'll still be a little bit unfair to it, but it'll be the truth. And that's the same thing that whenever one of you weirdos kept saying, well, the Ravens have only won two playoff games since the they won the Super Bowl. And I kept saying, well, that's devoid of context. You could always come back to but it's still true. It'll be true. What does that mean? Does that mean Lamar Jackson isn't a great quarterback? Does it mean that he's not? No. But these are the games that define the way that you're viewed. That's the reality of it. And by the way, not everybody can win. Only one of the quarterbacks can win a Super Bowl every year. We all know that. Josh Allen hasn't won one. That to me doesn't mean that Josh Allen isn't a great quarterback. Although, frankly... He came up very small at the end of the game yesterday. So did Stefan Diggs. Everybody kind of, boy, they, like, you can put it all on the kicker, but there are a lot of people that contributed. Like, didn't, didn't do good I for have the no namesake. idea what in the world he was doing on uh, third down when the underneath was, or the second down play when the underneath was wide open. It was Diggs, ironically, that was wide open underneath, and you were purposely trying to run out all of the clock and not give the Chiefs the ball back. Why are you even trying to throw to the end zone there when it's wide open underneath? You can do exactly what you want to do. Keep the field goal in play is the worst-case scenario. Make sure you don't give them the ball back to go win the game. Or run a fake punt on. It's a different conversation for another day. It ended up being a net neutral for <laughs> right, them. Right, but, did. <laughs> um, I, but again, th- it was very clear. The, the Specifically, they were trying. They were considering, we don't want that dude to have the time. Because if they score a touchdown with two minutes left, now Patrick Mahomes has two minutes to go try to beat you. It was obvious as that drive was unfolding that they were thinking about that. They were letting the play clock run after every play. And then all of a sudden, Josh Allen decides instead of doing the thing that keeps that going, I'm going to throw the ball to the end zone. And I get it. The receiver was open. He just His arm got hit. That was the problem. But it was very clear that was the opposite of what they were attempting to do in that moment. Conversation for a different day. I don't think Josh Allen isn't a great quarterback because he hasn't won a Super Bowl or, frankly, even been there. And to me, if the Ravens lose on Sunday, I don't think that means Lamar Jackson isn't a great quarterback, but the narrative will still exist. As Griffin said, you got to take down the boogeyman. In a way, it's... It's sad that we've been robbed of this. This felt like it was setting up that Jackson Mahomes could be, you know, an incredible rivalry for years to come. And the way that people were talking about Allen Mahomes last week, like it felt like that should have been Jackson Mahomes. We got four regular season games and zero in the playoffs so far. And there's any reason for that. The Ravens' shortcomings in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson. It's certainly not on the Chiefs. They, They held up their end of the bargain. The Ravens' shortcomings in the playoffs and Lamar Jackson getting hurt. It robbed us. 
like it's it's almost easy to forget that three years ago all of the conversation we had about the Ravens was what do they do in order to beat the Chiefs? Like we spent off seasons saying the Ravens don't need to build the, be- the best team. They need to build the team that gives them the best chance of beating the Chiefs specifically. The Chiefs were the center of the universe. Understandably so. They had the perhaps most talented quarterback in football history. When they had Tyreek Hill, you couldn't fathom how they were ever going to be beatable. Ironically, they lose Tyreek Hill, and then they go figure out another way to win a Super Bowl. They're not the offensive juggernaut that they once were, but that's still Patrick Mahomes. And the thing where like they hadn't won on the road in the playoffs, as we talked about last week, Look, I picked the Bills, acknowledge that, but I said it's kind of silly that we're making this big of a deal about it. They've won a lot of games on the road. As was pointed out ad nauseum yesterday, Patrick Mahomes had like the best in since he had come into the league, the best road win percentage of any quarterback in the NFL. Just he just hadn't had to flex that yet in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. like to think that he was suddenly going to melt down because he was playing on the road was kind of silly. Now, I get it. You were like the hope was that a lot of these have been close games and maybe just the factor of being on the road would be proved to be the difference in a close game. Maybe it could have been, right? Like maybe in, ultimately it could have been. John from Little Rock. Let's let's call it Lamar versus Patrick cuz nobody wants to hear Jackson and Mahomes. Nobody, I get it. I get it. Um, we've been robbed of this. Now we get it. But we get it at a time where it's way more important for one than it is for the other. I, I mean, look, I get it. Patrick Mahomes might be playing two things. One, obviously every team that's in it wants to win the Super Bowl. You're here. Who cares if you've won Super Bowls in the past? You want to win this one. You're two games away. from the big picture, the global perspective, this is everything for Lamar Jackson. He would have to win this game to make the statement about who you are, where you stand amongst the great quarterbacks of a generation. If you're Patrick Mahomes and you lose this game, so what? You're not going to be measured by this game. You've accomplished entirely too much for that to be the case. Patrick Mahomes might be thinking, you know, about legacy. And if somehow they win the Super Bowl this year, all of a sudden we're going to wake up and be like, wow, he's already got three before he's 29. Maybe he could surpass Tom Brady one day. But this one is everything for one of the quarterbacks involved. And it's kind of another game for the other quarterback. This is to be the man you got to beat the man. This is the Ric Flair game. And I I like the Ravens chances. I like the Ravens. I I don't know what I mean, you want to say I'm worried about the fact that it could be a close game and Patrick Mahomes could just be the last quarterback to see the ball on sun, Sunday and no matter how good your defense is, that just might be poison. Yeah, 
That, I mean, that's that's the list of things that concern me about this game. That it's close, and he just happens to be the one that has the ball in his hands at the end. And while I like the Ravens' defense, we know this is a league where as good as your defense is, it's going to be determined by the quarterback, largely. This weekend, I guess you could say the two defenses made plays to seal games, but in part, in part, I don't want to take anything away because I think Jordan Love's a nice player, but like in part, that wasn't Patrick Mahomes on the other side in either circumstance. It was one guy that we think is going to be good and one guy that, you know, was surprisingly good this year, but we know is not an eternal quarterback. They're definitively not Patrick Mahomes. Neither Jordan Love nor Baker Mayfield. Jordan Love plus Baker Mayfield, probably not Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's going to gift you anything at the end of a football game. I'm amped. I'm excited. I wish the game was today. Like, I'm just ready. Let's go. Let's get this thing over with. Although the weather's supposed to get nice during the course of the week. I'm good with that. Let's uh, let's warm up a little bit, and then let's play a football game. Maybe Marlon Humphrey will come back, too. Yeah, buy a little more time for Marlon Humphrey. Buy a little more time Plus. for Mark Andrews. I'm on I'm on board with all of these things, but I kind of just want the game to be. I Like, there's a part of me that's I joked about. Gotta, it. I said, the storyline is so rich that we could do it for 10 hours every day. Exactly. But at the same time, I don't want to. I just want to play the football game. And one note, I'm not doing Taylor Swift this week. I'm just not. What? I don't care. I'm sorry. And this is the don't I call I don't want to reach out to her people. Yeah, thank you. Don't call me Brad Chet. I, this is not me saying she's ruining football. I just, I like the football. The football is going to be what I talk about. I like Jimmy Eat World a lot. I didn't try to do a week's worth of Jimmy Eat World here. If you like Taylor Swift, that's cool, man. I like lots of things. I like Kevin Smith movies. But we talk about football, and football is going to be what we do here. If you're doing Taylor Swift content for a week, God bless you. I think some of it can be actually, co- I think it'd be funny for like, Nix 106.5 to ban Taylor Swift this week. I think that would be a good bit. I think that would be good shtick. I think most of it is dumb. I think most of it is people that don't know how painfully unfunny they are. Right? Like, that's what most of the shtick is. But you want to do one? Fine. Do one. I'm, we're going to do football after that. If you want to keep doing Taylor Swift, God bless you. Do a week's worth of Taylor Swift content. We'll make our first trip to Kansas City next of the week. We'll check in with my buddy Seren Petro. Um, how, how did the Chiefs manage to get here this time when it just didn't look like they were the same? We'll talk about that next. It's a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. 
fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. Get me your pats on the ass for the Ravens' victory over the Texans. You know the deal. Five Ravens, two must be offensive, two must be defensive. Fifth can be a special teams player, a wild card. It can be a coach, or it can be another offensive player, defensive player. Rank them five to one, with one being your man of the match. Get them to me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll share them a little bit later on in the program. All right. Uh, don't forget, Goose Flights is now available in six packs at both Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North, as well as Costas Inn. You can also get single cans like Griffin did over at Glory Days Grill. We went uh, to Glory Days on Friday, and Griffin said, I'm going to get myself a can of Goose Flights. We're really excited about it. We partnered with the uh, the family of the great Tony Saragusa and the work that they're doing with the uh, Goose Flights Foundation to provide non-emergency medical transport to those in need. And at 198 from every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation. It's a very cool can with the silhouette of Tony Saragusa doing the goose dance. It's a, a collector's item. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. They enjoy the beer. They're glad that we're doing it. We are really proud of it. So uh, please go pick up uh, Goose Flights. And we're going to be announcing this week some more locations where you're going to be able to find Goose Flights moving forward. So we are very excited about that. All right, we are excited about an AFC Championship game in Baltimore for the first time since literally the first AFC Championship game ever played. More than five decades. It'll be Ravens-Chiefs Sunday at 3. Joining me now, friend of mine, a guy that uh, I love talking to, of course. He is a, a host down in Kansas City. 
on the program on Sports Radio 810. He is our buddy Seren Petro, and he's with us now here on GCR. Seren, it's Glenn. It's always great to chat with you, brother. Thanks for taking the time for me. Always my pleasure. It's always great to be with you, buddy. I hope everyone's well in your world. Yeah, everybody's good here, as you would imagine. Uh, life is good. Seren, I, I know you and I talk a lot about the Ravens side of things. I, I, I do want to dive into this. Was it ever as bad as, from an outside perspective, it seemed like it was in Kansas City? Or internally, was it always, this is still Patrick Mahomes, this is still Travis Kelsey, we know the defense is good, everything is just fine here, I don't know why everybody's panicking this much. No, uh, I, I think uh, there, there was real concern. In fact, you know, my statement going to the playoffs was the Kansas City Chiefs can beat anybody in these playoffs, but I don't think they can beat four of them in a row uh, and win a championship again. That's somewhere along the way that they, their problems would, would be too much for them to overcome. And you saw them in this game uh, last night against Buffalo. McCole Hardman fumbling the ball. Turnovers have been a big problem. They play sloppy. Uh, they've corrected the penalties to their credit. They've done a pretty good job of getting away from all the penalties because they had a lot of those uh, during the uh, regular season. In fact, uh, Juwan Taylor, the most penalized offensive player uh, in football, um, you know, maybe you could say, well, some of it is the refs just, you know, keep the flag in their pocket in the postseason. Maybe, but two penalties for 15 yards. I mean, they, they, had, they had been much worse than that all year. So they, they had been kind of a sloppy team, and they were feeling the, the weight of having that big quarterback contract. Not the first year of it where you've kind of backloaded things, but like the full brunt, of, of Patrick Mahomes' contract, and, you know, they weren't able to retool the wide receiver core the way they wanted, and that's been a problem, and it, and it frankly continues to be a problem. I mean, they didn't get McCole Hartman off the scrap heap when the Jets uh, cut him. The Jets cut him, right. and the Chiefs said, oh, yeah, we could use that, right. and, and brought him in. So, no, I, I think there, there's real reason for concern, and, and I think there's reason for confidence out of the Ravens because this is not their best addition that the Chiefs will bring the ball to them. So what has gone then particularly right over these two games, right? Like, is it just, hey, you know, Travis Kelsey started catching the ball again, and this is still Patrick Mahomes we're talking about, and, you know, the teams that you were going up against, one you were kind of clearly better than, and that the other one last night you, you just got some, some good fortune at the end of the game? You know, I think how they play against the Ravens, right, will, will help write the story of how we view this. I think if they – would get housed by the Ravens. We'll look back and say, well, the Dolphins were decimated by right. injuries, and the and the Bills had a lot of them too, right? Matt Milano and Tre'Davious White. They've learned to play without them. Those are two of their best defensive, if not their two best defensive players. They learned to play defense and play at a high level without them. But more injuries to their secondary. I mean, they had some guys play, but were questionable right up till game time as to whether or not they were going to play. So, I mean, I I I think in some ways they were a little bit fortunate because the Bills were a little banged up. Now the Chiefs got banged up in this game. I doubt we see Joe Tooney, their, their all-pro uh, left guard, uh, because I think he, you know, a pectoral muscle, I've never heard of anybody straining it. You heard a pec, it's usually a torn pec, and that's yeah. a six-month injury. So I think they're, they're probably going to be without him. Mike Edwards and Willie Gay went down. A neck injury for Willie Gay. He could be back. He looked fine in the locker room. Uh, but from the people I spoke to, and then a concussion for Mike Edwards, uh, who was already in for Brian Cook, who went down earlier this year. So, you know, they showed a lot of resourcefulness. I think they've learned to play complementary football. I think for about 14 weeks this year, they were trying to get everybody up to speed and be the old Chiefs, be the great offensive show, and, and be dynamic with the, all these complicated routes and option routes. And I think uh, around the time they played the Cincinnati Bengals, they said, okay, we got to simplify some things. They simplified the verbiage. 
They, they made a concentrated effort to get the plays into the huddle faster so that the young players, the, the wide receivers, could get up to the line of scrimmage and have some time to try to look at what the defense was showing them, get on the same page uh, with the quarterback. And I think that's been big. I think they started to trust Harrison Bucker, and they started to trust their defense. I mean, they're a team that, you know, they're, they're not going to win 54-51 like that great legendary Monday night game where they lost that game. But yep. They're not going to play a game toe-to-toe in the 50s with somebody. They're going to have to you know, settle for field goals, like don't give away the three with a bad turnover. And I think they've accepted that Harrison Bucker is a weapon. They've accepted that their defense can hold people. And so I think they've been smarter with the football, haven't turned it over as much. And, and I think, uh, you know, recognize their limitations and, and that's been able uh, to, to allow them to maximize what they do have. Soren Petro is with us from 810 WHB down in Kansas City. We're getting ready for the AFC Championship game Soren, we started to see this with the defense a season ago, right? But it seemed like it got even better as this year went on. What, what were the material changes? Why did the Chiefs end up having a defense that has been this good and has allowed them to play that style of, you know, more complete football? Yeah, I think you hit upon it. Um, it, it started last year. I think that's an astute point. All their rookies in the secondary, you know, got better and better as the year went along. And now here in year two and you know, a full off season to concentrate on football, not concentrate on, you know, the combine and, and working out to impress somebody in your underwear. Instead, they were practicing Chiefs football and diving into the defense. And I think Steve Spagnuolo, who runs one of the more complicated defenses, listen, when he's, when he's on a losing team, it's, he, he bogs people down. There's too much. He needs to simplify things. When they're winning, everybody, you know, loves to shower him with praise because of how uh, diverse that defense is. And I think it took some time. I think he scaled it back last year and has added to it and added to it. And now they do a lot of complicated things. And those guys are really good. I mentioned they lost Brian Cook along the way, but Mike Edwards has been great stepping in and filling in for him. And their corners are outstanding. I mean, I think, you know, nobody talks about Legereus Sneed yeah. and Trent McDuffie, but Sneed gave up his first right. touchdown of the year yes. in that game to the Buffalo Bills. And by the way, he goes and covers Devontae Adams the whole game. He goes and covers... Tyreek Hill held Tyreek Hill. I think it was five catches for 62 yards, five catches for uh, like 64 yards. And one game it was eight catches for 62. Like all he could get were the underneath stuff. Uh, you know, he's, they've been fantastic. And when you have that kind of uh, ability and, and McDuffie's been great playing in the slot, uh, they have guys that they're all long, you know, those prototype five eleven to six one, uh, you know, long armed guys, except for McDuffie. He's the one guy that doesn't fit that mold, but he's very sticky as a cover guy, and they all tackle. I think that's one of the more underrated things. Their run defense is helped out by the fact that all of their corners, if you can't tackle, you can't play uh, in, the, in the Chiefs' defensive scheme, and they come up and support the run really, really well. And so I think the secondary has been outstanding, and it's kind of the underrated part. People know Chris Jones, and he's certainly a weapon. George Karloftis is in his second year. He had ten and a half sacks this year, and he's kind of, a, and I mean this as a, as a compliment, He's kind of a garbage man, right? You don't mm. see him just roar off the edge and get there in a second and a half, but his motor never stops. So if there is some coverage, he's going to get there eventually, and he never quits. You know, they've, they've been good up front there, but it's really that secondary, and the things that Steve Spagnuolo is able to do with it, that's the real secret to, to why the Chiefs defense has been so good. So, Ren, let me set this up because it's going to sound like what I'm asking is, you know, like what's their motivation, and that would be absurd because they're two games away from winning a Super Bowl. That's the obvious motivation, but – this game means everything for Lamar Jackson, right? Like, this is truly the most important game he's ever played in, measuring stick, defining moment in his career. 
how much do the like the legacy things drive Patrick Mahomes? Like, how much is he? Do, do we have a sense for? Does he care about like, hey, if I get the three by twenty nine, then I set myself up for having a real shot at taking down Tom Brady's record or matching it? Like, does that sort of stuff factor in for him at all? I used to have a weekly interview with him early on in his time as a starter, and I would bring up different statistical things that he was accomplishing. And it was in that uh, 5,050 season in 2018, and I was talking about, well, you've done this, you're this. He was never aware of any of those things. And hmm. so he's, you know, I think he, he loves football. He watches football when, you know, he's not playing football. I mean, he is, he is a passionate fan of it. He likes baseball as well. People know his background and everything. But, but, you know, he has a real passion for the game of football. And so he is aware of what made Tom Brady great. He has said, you know, if you ask him, like, well, how many Super Bowls do you want to win? And he said, well, Tom had seven. So that's, that's the mark. That's what you shoot for. And so he is driven to, to have that place to, to be great. I don't know that he can rattle off every record he has, but he has a Michael Jordan-like competitive nature. And he's, he's you know, only one time have we ever seen him lose is cool, and that was in that game where he lost it on the ref and then afterwards, you know, was complaining about the Cubs, the Bills regular season game where they called uh, Kadarius Tony rightfully so, uh, for lining up offsides. And that's the only time he's ever, you, you could ever really criticize him. He's always nails, but he's always competitive. He's always working. He's one of those first in the building, last to leave guys, has the throwing camps for guys in the, in the summer, brings them down to his house down in Texas. Mm. And, and they, they work, you know, out of season because he's competitive, because he wants to win. And, you know, you see it at times. I remember, you know, Lamar Jackson, the, the Ravens came several years ago where Lamar Jackson was voted by the players, the number one player in football, and he was voted fourth. And I think that was after his, like, 5,050 season. And the Chiefs were in the process of beating the Ravens, and the camera's on him, and he looks down at his hand, and Ravens can <laughs> probably remember this counts out one, two, three, four. <laughs> like, oh, I'm fourth? Yeah. Okay. He yeah. played Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. And, you know, he went 10th, and Trubisky went two. He's smoking the Bears, and, you know, along about the fourth quarter, he looks down at his hands, and he counts out the number 10. Mm. And everybody knew what he was getting at. There is a competitive fire that burns like a Michael Jordan. I'm not going to say he's more competitive than Jordan, but it is one of those. And I think maybe the Ravens get a little bit of a break from the standpoint that he had been hearing all week about how they can't win on the road. Well, now that box has been checked. Sure. I, I think that was, a, that was fuel for their engine this past week, and, and I don't know, maybe now he's checked that box and he doesn't burn quite as bright uh, this time against the Ravens. I don't know, but I wouldn't count on it if I were Baltimore. All right, and then the Travis Kelsey conversation, right? Like, I don't care about the Taylor Swift thing. God bless him, you know, people date people, whatever. The The fact that he had looked so human and it was so easy for us to say, well, this is a guy that's getting up there a little bit, and, and human in context, right? Like, he was still big, and I, I'm not trying to say that it looked like he stunk. Um, right. It, is it all fixed now that we say, hey, you know, every, or, or is that still a factor going into this game that you just don't know if Travis Kelsey can still be superhuman Travis Kelsey every game that he plays? I, I think in reality, he's, you know, listen, the, the next gen stats say he's been slowing down a little bit every year for five or six years. I mean, I don't think he's vintage Travis Kelsey, Kelsey athleticism, but he, he is a very smart player. He too is, is a football junkie and is, is, you know, in his playbook, knows the offense forward and backward. He and Patrick Mahomes are our buddies on and off the field, and so there is a chemistry there that helps. And I, I think, you know, he, he hyperextended his knee and missed the first game against the Lions. And so I don't know, maybe that's been bothering him 
all year. Maybe, maybe he's not 100%. He mentioned on his podcast that he's had, I think, 10 surgeries over the years. There's no doubt that it's, it's wearing on him. But I, I think more so it was an indication of how they're having problems as a receiving core. You know, two years ago, when you have Tyree Kill stretching everything long, that makes it a lot easier to work underneath. You know, they're, they're worried about Tyreek Hill. They're sending a couple of guys that way. You have more gaps, more holes, more places to find. And I think what we've seen coming down the stretch is that Rashi Rice has really developed. I think that's the underrated part. And you look at the stats, you'll see he had 900 and some yards. He didn't play the last game. He had a shot at 1,000. But if you look at the game log and look at how he's picking up speed and the 100-yard games that he's been having, and, you know, I think what happened in this game was the Bills said, look, Rashi Rice is the guy that's going to beat us. I mean, that was the mistake the Dolphins made was still maybe focusing on Kelsey and Rashi Rice had the big day, 130 yards and a touchdown. And they focused on him. And that opened it up for Kelsey. So he's not vintage Kelsey. Uh, you know, I, I heard it put this way, you know, that he used to be one of the 10 best receivers in the game. And now he's just one of the best, if not the best tight end. Hmm. And I think that's probably reality. Hmm. He's not as good as he used to be, but they're not as good around him, but they're getting better. Uh, and when MBS catches the ball, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I mean, the Eagles game, I think most people saw that, where he dropped the game winner in the end zone when Mahomes put it right in his hands. Drops have been a huge problem yep. for this team. MBS caught a couple of balls, and, and that helps a lot. It helps open things up for Kelsey. So uh, they're more difficult now to defend than they were five weeks ago, but there's still no Tyreek Hill that's going to run out on that field and really open things up. At Soren Petro, S-O-R-E-N-P-E-T-R-O on Twitter is how you follow him. And on top of uh, his Kansas City shows on the radio on WHB, he's got some great podcasts too. Uh, Saran, always appreciate you, man. It's going to be a heck of a fun week uh, here in Baltimore. Thanks for hopping on. We'll talk real soon, all right? You, you bet. Sor- me. Thanks, pal. Saran Petro uh, with us here on GCR. I'm, I'm struggling with it's – it's that line, right? And I felt a little bit of this last week when we were talking about the Texans. We're like, I, I greatly respect the Chiefs. Far more even so than the Texans. But yet – I don't fear them. I'm not trying to suggest that if the line was nine and a half, like it was against the Texans, that I'd be betting the Ravens to cover that against the Chiefs. I would not. But I I don't fear the Chiefs. And I think the way that Saran Petro explained it is that's that's kind of why. They are still extraordinarily dangerous. And if you make mistakes, they're going to take advantage of them. The Bills kind of fell apart there, right, in the fourth quarter. It it just sort of snowballed. They looked like they were in good shape. And then all of a sudden, they kind of couldn't do anything right. And if that happens, if you go through a stretch of this game on Sunday where, you know, this here's an interesting comparison. If you got bogged down a little bit the way that the Ravens did get bogged down a little bit in the first half against the Texans, would the Chiefs be a team that would be in better position to take advantage of it? Probably. But probably. Not definitively. Because you would argue the Texans were a better offensive team than the Chiefs were on the whole. On paper, the Chiefs seem like they're the better offensive team. But on the whole... This season, actual production, you would argue the Texans were a better offensive team, and they weren't able to take advantage of it. But given the savvy of Patrick Mahomes, 
would he be in better position to take advantage of it? The other thing, too, is that the Ravens were getting a lot of pressure without getting any sacks. And that would be one thing that I would point out I don't think will be quite as successful against Mahomes as it was against Stroud. In part because of Mahomes' incredible elusiveness, his escapability being so sublime. I don't think that just getting pressure is going to be enough against Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't enough against C.J. Stroud. The pressure was phenomenal and forced some bad things. Although, ironically, again, no turnovers. Ravens' defense was dominant without a single turnover or a single sack. It's, it's very difficult to explain. But the pressure was enough, right? Like, the pressure was enough to get some bad throws mixed in, to get some off-target throws, to get some forced stuff thrown into the mix. I don't know if that's going to be the case next week. Next week, I think you got to get him on the ground or get the ball out. Remember, the one time the Ravens did beat the Chiefs, it was determined by getting the ball out. I don't want to do this for five days. We're just going to be doing this, this for five days. All right, quickly, uh, let's uh, recap the week that wasn't picks, all right? All right. Because we've done it all, basically, by this point. The four games. The one last night was really bad news for your boy. That was bad news for your boy. It's Turner. Um, it's mm, down. It's yeah, officially. Well, it's, what? Uh, yeah, it was big. big. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm aware. Well, I, you're I was, down. I was you're there. not down that much. I know, but it's big, man. Yeah, it's getting getting late. Yeah, it's one of those getting late early situations. Not good. Not good. So um if you're uh you know playing the uh, the home version and why wouldn't you be? I know that this is just as important as the actual games themselves. I come into championship weekend one game back. And this is after on Saturday I got the first game of the weekend. Like, I had visions of sugar plums dancing in my head, right? So I got the Ravens game, which John lost. And in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, oh, baby, this could be a big weekend. I could come out of this weekend, like, three games up. Oh! That didn't prove to be the case. That uh, that wasn't actually how things played out, which, um, which is a bummer. I got to be honest with you. It's a, it's a great big bummer. But um, it's all good. I, for some reason, can't open the Don't, uh, pick sheet. Oh, you do you have it? Uh, I do have it, yeah. Don't look now, though. Uh, gone 500 the last two weeks. Oh, <laughs> pick the perfect time to do it. <laughs> Just the moment there's – well, how did you go 500? I went 3-3 three and three last oh, week. So got went 2-2 two two this week. Last two weeks, I understand. They, I'm they're, sorry. They're saying for some I'm, reason, I was doing the math with the game the week oh, before. Okay. Yeah. They're saying I'm heating up. Right. That's irrelevant. <laughs> You would still have to go over five. It, like the only thing you could play for now is try to get the five hundred. I don't think you can get the five hundred. You're more than three games under five hundred, correct? Uh, yeah, correct. I'm yeah, so you've got nothing bit. to play for. <laughs> Zero. You don't even have anything. Well, what if I? Can we add props and then? Uh... No, those don't count as picks. We can do them for. A, and I want to do a side bet. Somebody suggested that uh, we a do a side, side bet. No, the we do a side bet uh, this week, and somebody has to recreate John Harbaugh's uh, locker room dance. dance, which yeah. sounds good in theory, except for the, like if the Ravens were to lose next Sunday, oh. none of us are going to want to do that. We are not going to yeah. be in the mood. <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to be the one. I I don't know what we're going to do. We can. Well, I just be. That's why you don't want to lose. Right, I hear you. I'm all ears for side bets. Although it's only two games this week, so well, I don't I know how we'll we would to- do. 
we'll just have to pick some. We'd have to throw in props. Yeah, well, Lamar score. The well, Super Bowl week, we can Travis do. Kelsey. We can do side bets. We can over under how many shots of Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. We're not doing any of that. We're not doing any <laughs> of that. All right. Anyway, so um, I finally got this thing to. I don't know what was going on. I couldn't open the pick sheet for some reason. So yeah, I had uh, I had Baltimore, and I felt very good about that. So did uh, Griffin and Paul Valley and John Proctor and Ken Zalas and Jeremy Kahn. Alas, irrelevant. Irrelevant because everything that went after that went the wrong way for me. Well, I went two. Yeah. I went two yeah. and two. It's not like I went. I had a dreadful. So week. it's a great week for me. <laughs> yeah, for you. You're writing home about it, 100. Uh, percent The next game on Saturday night. Yeah, San Francisco won, but they sure as hell did not cover. They mm. look human as hell. That's without it Debo. Just, like, is it the Debo effect? I definitely think the Debo effect is real. This goes back to I. I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I did not understand how personal it was for some football players, the comparisons between Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. Like, I, I'm not just talking about Ravens players. I talked to guys that I know just around the league that week and to some former players, and privately, it was offensive to them, the comparisons between Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. And traipsed into, and we brought this up one day when Drew was here, traipsed into what... Like the book Rocket Man that John Eisenberg wrote about. Like you're comparing a a decent white quarterback to a generational black quarterback. And it was offensive. And I don't know that that led to some of the emotional reaction that occurred on thing on Christmas Day, but it felt like it. Brock Purdy is a fine quarterback. He's had a hell of a season. But everyone watching can tell that Brock Purdy has been put in a good position. And the moment you see that position messed with, he don't look like the same guy. The moment there's no Trent Williams or there's no Debo Samuel or there's no... Like, the moment that something is amiss, he looks like a completely different guy. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson lost Mark Andrews and somehow was maybe better... Because it ain't circumstantial, it's talent. San Francisco wins but doesn't cover. I was on San Francisco, so was Griffin, John Proctor, Casey, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn, so everybody else got that point. Detroit made it interesting late after they got a 14-point lead. Uh, Man. That that two-point conversion was (laughs) significant. (laughs) Significant. Uh, but ultimately, Detroit does both win and uh, covers. They win by eight, the nine being six and a half. Um, uh, Griffin, Paul, Kyle, John Proctor, and Jeremy were on Tampa. And then a hell of a game last night, but ultimately Kansas City wins, so Buffalo does not cover. Uh, on Kansas City were Griffin, KZ, John, and Little Rock, Andrew Steck, and Jeremy Kahn. Big three-in-one week for John and Little Rock. Really big three-in-one week for Ken Zalis, too. Because he's technically still alive. He's going to have to... He has to pick all three games the rest of the way different than John and Little Rock and at least two of them different than myself and get all of them correct. But he's still alive. He's not dead as we go into championship weekend. That's all that's left. Everybody else has been eliminated. Uh, Myself, I'm one game back. KZ is three games back. Everything else has been determined. Jeremy's our big loser. Griffin's our uh, Scott Stapp. And a little bit of cash is still at stake at the top of the table. That's what's going on. I don't really have a lot to say about any of the other games. I've done the ends. I'm not. I don't want to keep doing it. I got some folks on Twitter that are still fighting with me about it. Hipsters, 
Um, uh, it's the, the end zone. Thing. Yeah, it's still stupid. No matter how much stop with the. Well, you think about the other end zone. No, on the other end zone, we give away safeties. This is why Buffalo w- went for it on that fourth down. They knew that they, they were going to put the ball in Miko Hardman's hands in the red no, zone. They didn't so. go for it. They ran a fake punt. Well, That's a little bit different than going for it. They would have been much better off. I, I hate saying this, but there's a small part of me that like wonders if it was almost emotional from Buffalo. Like yeah, They were thinking uniquely because DeMar Hamlin was the one that got the ball. Right. Like that, that week, they had like imagine this scenario now somebody pointed out that kansas city only have 10 guys on the field on Did that play really? so it's also possible that like oh, they, they didn't call it but there's a rule the ravens this came up a couple years ago with the ravens that they have a plan for if you see something you are allowed to check out of it into a fake and I read somewhere, I don't know this, but somebody said they thought the Kansas City only had 10 players on the field, and that would be the reason why maybe Buffalo checked out. Now, I don't care enough to have gone back and like listened to the press conference and gotten the answer because I don't do radio in Buffalo. Um, but I, the first thing I thought when the ball went to DeMar Hamlin, what? There were 10 men, yes. But we, do we know if... Like somebody ordered a code red there. Oh, or if, uh, I, I'm sure that was that is a good question. Yeah. What, the moral of the story being, in seeing that it was Demar Hamlin, it felt like there was a chance that it was an emotional thing. That it was like, boy, we could give you know. Imagine if Demar was the hero, and I don't know. It just I think about that as I think about that ultimately insane decision. Nothing you can do about it now. Nothing you can do about it now. All right, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, our buddy Kadri Ismail joins us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by live casino and hotel and if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Khan's OnlyFans page at wait are people supposed to know about that all right back in here on GCR I mentioned that Griffin and I were over at the glory days grill on Friday if you're hungry with nine locations throughout Maryland glory days grill is always right around the corner they have wings burgers salads sandwiches drinks and desserts to satisfy everyone as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys glory days is the best place to watch football basketball whatever your favorite sport is while you're there be sure to check out goose flights lager named in honor of legendary defensive tackle Tony goose Siragusa. $2 of every can sold is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. All right, into hour number two of the program. Continue to get me your pats on the ass. We will get to those a little bit later on right now. Man who knows a thing or two about winning a Super Bowl. You see him on WJZ 13. He's the man behind missile training. He is our friend and Super Bowl champion, Mr. Kadria Smile, and he is back with us now here on GCR Kadri, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, but it's particularly great when we're gearing up for an AFC championship game. Thank you for taking the time for us, pal. Man, I can't believe we are sitting here talking about hosting an yeah. AFC championship game. Like, I, I, I am jacked. I know, obviously, the 2000 Ravens team. I'm sure over in my uh, storage unit somewhere, I got my first playoff team football uh, hmm. that they gave all of us when we made it in 2000, but to AFC championship game, that's a whole nother level. And I, I'm, I'm excited for obviously the organization, but the fan base and holy wow. Like at the game the other day was just surreal. I can only imagine what is going to be like coming up this weekend? Can you kind of define that at all, Kadri? Because it's easy to see on paper, like eight pre-snap penalties, and it was. It was loud as hell. And we think about that game against the Bengals earlier this year, that it was loud as hell and led to those pre-snap penalties. Are you convinced that the two things walk hand in hand? Like that, that, that happens. A lot of people would say, hey, it was a rookie quarterback, you know, like some. But it, are you convinced that the crowd really did have a significant impact on what we saw from pre-snap penalties from the Texans? Here's the thing. I'll go back to that 2000 season when we were going to Tennessee, we beat Tennessee. Then obviously we say what we say as far as publicly and, you know, heck even my highlights, who's the only team to beat the Tennessee Titans in Adelphia Coliseum. And, you know, I do my whole yeah. antics. 
And Brian, of course, does his whole antics and all the things. Well, basically, they say it, or they not say it, but they put all those clips together up on their Jumbotron. And literally, like, the crowd is just getting amped. So when we get the ball first, I kid you not, Trent goes in the huddle. Now, we practice all week the two first plays that we were going to do. One was a pass, one was a run. I literally was inches away from Trent's face and barely heard the call. Yeah. When I ran out to my position at receiver, you felt the vibrational energy of the crowd, and you're looking in like, oh, my God, I have no idea what's going on. Patrick Mahomes recently was saying how M&T Bank Stadium was rocking. Yep. You had Tyler Lewan and uh, I forget. Yeah, I think Con- it was Derrick Con- Henry. Con- oh, yeah, it to. was Derrick Henry, 100% in that interview. That's right. It's- now, I'm telling you, I know M&T Bank Stadium gets loud, but we are an interesting crowd. I loved it back in the day because I felt like we had this hardcore blue collar, you know, don't F with us kind of a vibe. <laughs> and you could feel it, the energy of walking into the stadium. But I think we kind of got a little bougie and a little spoiled. And I was happy to hear that, yeah, whether it be the Titans or whether it be the Chiefs players saying they felt the energy of the crowd. Because it's so important, and it, and it really does mess with an offense. And it helps our offense when everybody is crazy silent. And, and, and this was really something where I was like, huh, the, the football IQ has always been there, but I think it was more evident in this past week's game than I've, I have seen since that Kansas City Chiefs game. Like, we've, we've, we've seen them be loud, but, like, I'm saying, okay, whether it be Pittsburgh, whether it be Cincinnati, whether it be Cleveland, like, those are division opponents that sometimes we get a little bougie. Well, I think for that game last week, it restored my faith in the fact that, yo, we're about to blow this thing up and let's get it on. Oh boy, you're getting me ready to run through a wall right now, Kadria. Smile. Um, let, let's let's talk about I, one of the things that's so fascinating to me about this week is it's an eternal narrative game, right? Like this is to be the man, you got to beat the man thing. This is Lamar Jackson with the opportunity to bust all of the narratives to say that it's all done. I went and beat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. End it. End all of the nonsense immediately. And for some players. I think there would be an argument that that's that's a pressure, right? Like, because the flip side is, even though you're going to be an MVP for the second time, if for whatever reason you lose this game, you know that the dolts uh, nationally are going to say, right, but what happened when he had to face Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? I feel like what we have seen from Lamar Jackson, the zone that he is in, the focus, beyond just how well he's playing, that's absurd, but the focus that we have seen from Lamar Jackson – I don't feel like this is a pressure for him. I'm almost, like to me, it's actually better 
that it's a team like this and a quarterback like that on the other side because I think right now he is treating it all as an opportunity. He is thriving in these chances to shut everyone up. Absolutely. I think it started day one when he signed the contract and all the off-season noise was, was quieted down. I think also... And, and here's how I'm going to tie it all together, so bear with me. But I think also Bob Munkin and the way he coaches and his, his pushing the buttons of, of players, and in particular Lamar, but then you've got this sage kind of uh, zen-like with uh, T. Martin on a sideline with Lamar and in practices it reminded me of Joe Flacco kind of needing a nudge and a push. And you had Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison kind of nudging him along, getting the best out of him. Mm. I think for Lamar, um, I think he has that like system that support uh, that, that every quarterback needs. Um, And, and I think that leadership of him um, the comfort level that he has now, he didn't have it in his 2019 season. He has it now. He has that maturity. He has that confidence. Um, and he knows what's at stake. You know, he has that, uh, that Tom Brady, when Tom was saying you next, but he has that you next mentality. Now, when he went on LeBron James's barbershop show, he was like, yeah, yeah. You know, just showing up. I don't know. Because that's all he knew. He's like, man, I'm fresh. I'm, I'm Lamar Jackson. My, my, my talents are my talents. You can't stop it. And rightly so. But I think at the same time, as you mature in this sixth season, it's more along the lines of, all right, I understand who I am, but I got to get those others around me to rise up as well. And when I look at all the other greats, they make the others better around them the organization has put people around me. Well, I'm not going to allow us to fail. And then on the other side of the football, he got his dude leading the way as well. He got a field general and Roquan Smith. So that tandem together puts Lamar in a bit, uh, in a, in a great position to just be that next level quarterback that's ready to dominate whoever is in his way. And I think case in point was in the game, that first half, Lamar got uh, really uh, salty with Ronnie Stanley when Ronnie was kind of like halfway doing it, blocking. And he's like, yo, man, let's go. What are you doing? And I think that exchange was awesome because then when he came back, of course, he stared down everybody going into the locker room uh, and, and fucked them out in the locker room, but then everybody came back and responded. So that to me just says it all as far as what the mindset and the sense of urgency and the sense of preparedness and, and, and just the, the entirety of what Lamar is all about. Go ahead and stick a fork in that one right there and make sure you understand what's what. No, I'm so glad you brought it up. Femi and I were talking about it on Saturday, right? Like the, and and then of course, Ronnie Stanley was great, right? Like he was great the rest of the game at that point. And then Lamar was quickly able to go over and hug him and love on him. And I think that's the part of this. I compared it to the way that, and you were around those teams. 
famously, Anquan didn't say a lot, right? Like, he was not the most vocal guy. But when he talked, he talked, right? Like, that famously yep. that game yep. in Cincinnati where he went in at halftime and laid into everyone, just ripped them apart. And it wasn't belittling. Joe would talk about it all the time. Joe appreciated it. He was like, hey, man, I need – I, I wanted him to say those things. He We needed to hear that. The respect that these guys have for Lamar, that he can get after them and be demonstrative, and it's not, you know, hey, what's what's wrong with this guy? What's your problem, man? It's, no, this dude's right, and I'm going to step my game up, and then we're going to go hug each other in the second half. It's a level that, like, I, again, I, only a few guys, I think, have had that level of respect in the history of this franchise. So the thing is, you, you as a competitor, the way in which you get guys to listen to you is when you do it in practice and show up in games. And it's those small words of encouragement and, and, and a little bit of noise junk talking to different guys at key moments because then that plants the seed throughout the entirety of the team. So when now there's an, a certain lack of energy from the team and something needs to be said and it ain't going to come from a coach, that's when you know, like, shoot, our offensive line, our D-line, our linebackers, our running backs, quarterback, our receivers, our secondary, our special teams. If we do what we're supposed to do, ain't no way the other team on the other side is going to beat us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bump all this. I'm going to have to step up and let these fellas know what's what. Now, that's an Anquan Bolden, as you pointed out. And that's what we saw with a Lamar Jackson and, and that's where the severity, not the severity, but the, the intensity of the words penetrates to your soul. And you're like, yo, we're about to win this game. Let's go. Let me ask it this way, Kadri. The Ravens last week were impactful with pressure despite the fact that they didn't record a single sack or a turnover. If, they, if it's pressure but not sacks, is that more problematic against Patrick Mahomes? I think long arm of the law, he had an opportunity for an interception. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there were some other plays that C.J. Stroud was fortunate to get out of and and just threw the ball away. Okay. So any strong football aficionado knows that pressure and hits matter and they're qualified as either sacks and turnovers. So there is that. But it is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. We are talking about one of the most Go elusive. Go ahead and, 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 and hit him yeah. and make him feel it. Go ahead and force him to rush and get out of the football out of his hands. And we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Yes kryptonite happens when he can't do what he's supposed to do. But I don't think that it, I think it was more of an anomaly 
that the Ravens didn't get a sack or turnover. But like to my point, there was pressure and there were hits and all the things. And there was a missed opportunity by long arm of the law. Outside of that, I don't see that that is like going to be the case. I think it's going to be a scenario where, yeah, they're, they're going to handle their business. I, I am in a weird place with the Chiefs, Kadri, because I, I don't fear them, right? And maybe that's something that I'll end up feeling very silly about. I'm not trying to suggest that they're a bad football team. I just think that we've all seen the same things and that a Ravens team, you kind of alluded to this a second ago, if the Ravens play football at the level that we have seen them to be capable of playing football, it's it's not just the Chiefs. I don't know that anybody can beat them. I, I don't... I don't. I think it would require the Ravens conspiring in the effort to not beat the Chiefs on Sunday. Does that make sense? Say that again in better way. Yeah, brother. I I think the Ravens are better than the Chiefs, and I don't think they lose the game unless they screw it up themselves. Boom! There it is. That's well said. That's why you're Glenn Clark. Yeah, I, 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 on, the, on the second chance, give me. I'm, I'm the I'm the rebound. I'm the putback man. Everybody knows that about me. You've seen my hops. I get up and I stick it back at the rim. That's right. That's yeah, right. You box like the dude out, and then all of a sudden, your lefty Drizel fundamentals, <laughs> Gary Williams, go ahead and bank <laughs> it off the backboard and make yourself look good. Now, here's the thing. I know we got Justin Tucker. I know that that is an advantage. I know at the same time, yes, when it comes to the receiving core of the Chiefs, they ain't it. Yes, I know that Patrick Queen, from a aspect of him covering guys out of the backfield, is going to be a tall order, but I also think he's going to have help with two healthy safeties in, in Marcus Williams and, like I said, long arm of the law. Um, I don't believe that, you know, uh, Patrick uh, or Patrick, I don't believe Travis Kelsey is going to be able to shake it off so easy. Uh, and I think it's going to be uh, awesome. Uh, you've used it before. That's not the first time you went to that, is it? I'm just letting you know that I got skills, brother. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't mess up the skills. Don't mess up the skills. <laughs> Man, I love the fact that you can. It's so cool for me. And I, you know, I, I Femi's the same way when I work with it. Like, it's so cool for me to see you this fired up about it like that this still means this much to you you know decades removed from you winning your super bowl here in baltimore like it's it's so cool to me that you are still this passionate and this fired up about this and that it means a lot to you that they're hosting an afc championship game here's what you not you don't see but maybe you can see i love the fact that one, I, I was so myopic in my time and literally through the decades when I, for example, brought my kids back here to Baltimore and we enrolled into uh, Homestead Wakefield mm-hmm. and I had no idea what Purple Friday was all about. Well, I dropped my kids off in, in, the, in the pickup line and I'm looking at all these teachers and everybody with these jerseys on and all the things. And I'm like, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? And my, my, my. Oh, oh, that's a bummer. Oh man. Oh, of all the times, right? Like it was going so well and it was so special. 
I do want to let him plug missile training. I definitely want to do that. Or tell him I can do it if he would prefer. I can I can handle the man. Oh, that was electric too. Like that was it was coming from the soul. Oh, oh, Kadria smile with the Siron GCR, and of course that would be the moment when it uh, when it would cut out, right when he is really playing to the emotions. Damn, damn, I was feeling that too. Like this, that was one of those uh, this MF or spitting moments. <laughs> Let him cook. Let him cook. Missletraining.com is the website. Uh, you want uh, you got an athlete you're trying to get them to improve their performance missiletraining.com is the website at i am Ismail. of course if you don't know how to spell that it's q u a d r y i s m a i l if you want to hit him up with questions find out more about missile training and again missiletraining.com is the website for Kadria Smile. damn damn that's a bummer yeah he was spitting Cooking. All right, you want to do uh, pats on the ass? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can. All right, let's do pats, do pats on the ass. Of course, he's gonna call back in two minutes. We're gonna right. moved on. Uh, pats on the ass are brought to you today by. Ooh, how about they're gonna be brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour, which returns this afternoon, four o'clock. Stand just standing Luke today talking baseball. I didn't realize Jordan Montgomery's still out there. Is he still unsigned? Uh, I believe he is. Yeah. A lot of other, I know Stan wrote a column last week about moves that he still thinks the Orioles could make. Only a few weeks away at this point from uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. See what else might still be up their sleeve. Obviously, Josh Hader um, found a home in Houston. So they'll be talking about that. Fine, tune in today, 4 o'clock. Stan and Luke talking baseball. Facebook.com slash Sports. You know the drill for Pats on the ass, five Ravens, two must-be offensive players, two must-be defensive players. You can also have a fifth, which can be a special teams player, and a coach or another offensive or defensive player. Rank them five to one with one being your man of the match. So many candidates this week. Again, it's going to be very difficult for me to be angry about anything other than, you know, the one that's obvious. Um, my number five is Arthur Millette. And... Again, it was a weird day for choosing a second defensive player because I think there were a ton of options. The first one to me was obvious. The second one to me was all over the place. But Arthur Millette and the pressure that he was bringing and the way that it was just sending everything a little bit off schedule stood out. And maybe some of this is just over the last month. I've kind of fallen in love with Arthur Millette. Like, I I think he goes into that Jim Leonard. Um, oh, who was the line? Daryl Smith. Like this category of players that we'll remember as their impact being maybe more than it really was, but like my God, our expectations were so low that I, I just I don't know what else to say. Arthur Millette has been an impact player for the Baltimore Ravens, which is such an effing weird sentence to say. But uh, I thought his pressure was big and um, it made a difference on Saturday. So Arthur Millette's my number five. Um, yeah, I agree. It was hard for me to, to leave Millette off of my uh, off of my list. He would have been my third uh, defensive player. Um, but for my second defensive player, I went with uh, Jadavion Clowney here. Sure. Uh, he obviously did not really fill up the stat sheet that much, but he made uh, he made. I think they only credited him with one solo tackle. It was the first tackle of the game when they stopped Singletary in the backfield, and that really they only set, have one tackle. Uh, I think they gave him two, but okay, they gave him right. one solo tackle. Okay. 
Um, and uh, but it set the tone for you know that was the one thing that we were concerned about. If they give it to Singletary and they let him start you know getting getting going, uh, that that would be the one way the Texans can stay in this game. And it set the tone that that was not going to ever happen. And uh, I think Clowney, along with the entire defensive line and really you know obviously the defense as a whole, uh, was incredible. So Jadavian Clowney uh, helping to set the tone and just you know an all around great day for the for the D line. Jadavian Clowney, my number five. Uh, my number four is where you find Justin Matabike and. Again, it's a weird day, right? Because, like, he didn't have a sack. But seven pressures, five hurries, and two hits. He was a force. Got the Texans off schedule despite the fact that he didn't record a single sack in the game. So Justin Matabike is my number four. Uh, my number four, uh, I'm going with uh, Ronnie Stanley here is my number four. Higher on my list. Um, I, you know, the, I, I think you could have put, plugged in any of the O-linemen here. Um, but, sure. you know, the way Stanley was, the, those two uh, those two boot, bootlegs. It, and it's that, also a narrative thing with Stanley yeah. because, like, he hasn't played all that right. well. And, look, I, I'll give it away. He's number two on my list. Like, I thought the biggest story in the second half was the offensive line stepping up. Ronnie Stanley's number two on my list. But, uh, again, as I said, after number one, I think there's an argument for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, he didn't allow a single pressure all yeah, game. Correct. So, Ronnie Stanley, a uh, great game of, uh, of, of all the t- players that had great games. Number yeah. four on my list. My number three is Mike McDonald. Hmm. And, by the way, it could have been Todd Munkin. Like, they both made outstanding adjustments. But the truth is, Mike McDonald didn't really have to make adjustments. He was great. He had a phenomenal game plan. And uh, other than... The third, what was it, third and 16? There was one play all day where I thought they had a poor call. One play the entire day. I thought that call was poor. I, I, I don't think they disguised it well. I think they announced that we're playing coverage, and it allowed Nico Collins to say, all right, let me just go find a seam, and once I find that seam, I can sit down and everything's good. I think one play all day, there was a bad call defensively. I thought Mike McDonald was... yeah. Outstanding. He's my number three. And maybe it's that, uh, you know, we've seen him do this for 17 games now, so I expect mm-hmm. it from Mike McDonald. I expect him to not allow an offensive touchdown to a, to a, one of the top eight teams, you know, eight teams remaining in the in the NFL. Yeah. But I want Todd Munkin as my number three. I, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we know. The only issue being that he had to adjust, right? Like, yeah. But he did, yeah. to and your was, point. He yeah. did adjust. And, and the second half was... As I said, I think it's overblown perfect. because I think we're really reacting to one drive and then we're compounding it with what happened the last time they touched the football. But as I said, you couldn't leave anything short. You had 30 seconds left. You can't check down in those spots. You're not going to be able to do anything with that. But, you know, that was the only reason why it was McDonald over Munkin, because one of them had to adjust. The other one didn't have to and yet adjusted anyway. (laughs) Like, had a great first half and then an even better second half. It was wild. All right, uh, number two I mentioned for me is Ronnie Stanley. Uh, my number two, Roquan Smith here. I mean, uh, okay. I thought, you know, I, he's, what, what's the uh, Roy Kent chant? He's here, he's there, yeah, he's, he's every, everywhere. He's every right, everywhere. Everywhere, Roquan. Yeah. Yep. That's Roquan Smith. I mean, he, he's the great. leader of the defense. Roquan I, Smith. I, I can't you. not see him when he's out there. And then, uh, obviously, number one is, uh, of course, uh, uh, Jordan Stout. <laughs> did he? Tough, oh, yeah, yeah. Tough, good good tough. first half. Yeah. Well, actually. No, he yeah, did not. No, he did not. Never mind. Yeah, really tough. I don't know. He, I feel like Trenton Simpson kind of like flew into him. Oh, is that as what he was like trying? Because okay. Trenton Simpson like missed a tackle and he was trying to make up for it, okay. and he kind of bumped into Jordan Stout as he was gonna rough, gonna make the tackle. Rough first half for Jordan Stout. I mean, that wasn't a good punt, and the other one wasn't. The, the shank was a bad. Talk punt about too. a second half adjustment. Yeah, there you go. You put uh, Chris Hewitt on the list too, right? <laughs> um, 
yeah, I mean, look, Lamar's number one. W- what do you say? It's the guy, and and it, you know, the one thing that I brought up, I asked the question earlier in the year of, would we see more deliberate running as the games got more significant? Well, we kind of got an answer to that question, right? Like, yeah, we did. We saw more deliberate running as the games got more significant. That's a good thing. It's the, there are idiots that think that that's a, somehow a negative. It is not. It's a reminder of do whatever you want to do. I'm just going to beat you anyway. And it speaks to, and I, I think it's one of the, again, I can't encourage you enough to read Rocketman, uh, the John Eisenberg book. It speaks to how infinitely effing insane, and I'm not saying that any of these guys were Lamar Jackson, but how insane it was that it was viewed as a negative when quarterbacks would run. It's galaxy brain ass. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's number one. Just You can just say ditto. and um, yeah, yeah, he is. What, what are we doing? Ditto. What are we doing? More Jackson. Uh, we'll get him up at glennclarkradio.com a little bit later on today. Continue to get me yours at glennclarkradio on Twitter. Jeremy Kahn will join us next. Uh, if he's not still recovering from frostbite of running around in a Speedo in the snow, we'll check in with our boy uh, JC as we continue along here in a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson, and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis 
AJMichaels.com. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Monday edition of the program. We get ready for the AFC Championship game on Sunday. And if you're not going to the game, first of all, if you're going to the game, Improve the tailgate by picking up a sixer of goose flights or a few sixers of goose flights this week. Whether you're uh, stopping by Guilford Hall Brewery or Costas Inn, they've got six packs available, single cans available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. If you're not going to the game, those would seem like great locations for hanging out and watching the game and with the company of a delicious goose flights. Seems like that would be a smart way to go about doing things. All right? Get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get over to Costas Inn and Dundalk. Get your Sixer over there. Get a Sixer from Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North. And we'll also be announcing some more locations where you're going to be able to get goose flights here shortly. It is a delicious lager. $198 from every can sold goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation, providing non-emergency medical transport for those in need and Obviously, the other part of it is continuing the legacy of the great Tony Saragusa. So get your can of goose flights or your sixer of goose flights today. All right. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, ConcreteLocks.com. This man was uh, very unhappy, I believe, about the Ravens choosing to kick the field goal at the end of the game. He thinks they should have eschewed it. He is our friend, Mr. Jeremy Kahn, and he's with us now here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, need that bitch out, man. I don't want to see any more points anymore. Uh, I had the under as my top play, and you know, look, a special teams touchdown kills it. And of course, uh, I'm not, I'm not the least bit upset. It was that weird thing at the end of the game, though, where you're like, I don't want Houston to backdoor me, but I also might need them to get a first down or two just to kind of seal this deal for right. to go under. But uh, alas, we didn't get it. They gave us every opportunity with going forward on fourth down, and then even possibly picking up a first down to end the game, but. Um, I did want to bring up with the goose flights and all this stuff going on. You know, Salvi's looking for a 3XL uh, white Tony Saragusa jersey. Oh. There might be some sort of oh. little... You know what? You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude, we absolutely need to get in touch. I know he, he was an obsessed Tony Saragusa fan. I, he's talked about that a lot over the years. All right, thank you. I We will get in touch. We will get in touch with him yeah. because that's a great... I think it could be a nice little we'll give... Because uh, I know they're doing something great with Saragusa's flights, and I'm sure yep. the beer's fantastic. Yeah. It's more about what we're selling it for, you know. So. Yep, a hundred. Well, I mean, look, the beer's great, but yes, the point is, let's uh, let's lift up the charity and continue to honor Tony. Oh, that's a really good idea that I hadn't thought about once in this process. That's why I need you in our meetings. That's yeah, because Uncle Ronnie looks like a beer drinker. You know? Are you like, kidding me? He looks. Um... <laughs> that you know what's actually amazing <laughs> is how he has to do like when the Ravens let him do one for their social media, right? And he's got yeah. to tone it down, obviously. And he still fa- manages a way to hit it out of the park, despite the fact that he's got to do, like, the PG version of Ronnie and Dundalk. That, to me, like, when, when it's someone's talented, it's that you take them out of their comfort zone and they still manage to kill. That cat is yeah. talented AF. And that, to nothing proves it more than when, like, he can't cuss and he still figures out a way to completely nail the character. It's just chef's kiss, man. Dude, when he called um, Snoop Lamar number two, like, I lost it. I, like, I thought that was such a stupid, degrading, like, and I'm like, what a, God, it's just, so good, it's, it's clever. It's funny, you know? So, so good. 
Hey, uh, I, I'm assuming that you were just wearing a Speedo on Friday, right? Like, that wasn't like that you packed it. You just some days go in in your Speedo. No. So what that is, and I've explained this a couple times, So when, and I'll tell you this story as well. When, when my, my little brother on my mom's side, my half-brother, um, he's about 10 years younger than me, maybe, maybe 11 or so, but whatever, it doesn't matter. You can kind of get the idea, like when I was in my late 20s, he and his high school friends would come over, and I would torture those poor bastards. Like I used to do the jackass party boy thing where I would actually take my underwear, and that's what I did in this video, is I hike it up the, my ass crack to make it look like a thong. And then I just go running by or I accidentally drop something and bend over to pick it up where somebody's like, Jesus, what are you doing? Um, you know, so like I would go in and start dancing in front of my brother's, uh, his friends. And then just, I, I probably scarred them for life is what I did, but, uh, it was funny to me. <laughs> it was, so I would go in and dance and move yeah. around and yeah, it was, well, I, uh, homoerotic. I yeah, nice. correct. Well, and that's it, look. If there's anything we know about you, it's it's homoeroticism. But um, I greatly, yeah. I greatly right. enjoyed it, and I appreciate the lift that it gave everyone over at Odyssey on Friday. Is if you got to go to work on a day like that, <laughs> like I, you know, I I did the thing. I took Griffin out to lunch on Friday. Like you got to, it's not easy to go in on a day like that. Everybody else in the world gets a day off, and you got to go to work. You got to try to lift everybody's spirits up. It was weird. So to be honest, I walked, this wasn't something that was planned or anything. Like I'm, I walked, I got to the, the, the show and um, as we walked into the building, like it was one of the worst drives in because I don't know if people were up that early. Like the, it felt like, it felt like they were an hour late to getting everything uh, salted or whatever. Sure were. Because there was so much traffic and accidents and whatnot. And I'm, this isn't me taking a shot at State Highway. I'm just trying to explain. It was a rough drive in that morning. And everybody kind of has this glazed over look. Like our mixed morning show is from, they're from San Diego, so this was their first real snow that they got. Um, and then, you know, 1019, everybody's over there. And I looked at Ed, and I said, I think I'm going to strip down to my underwear and then just run around the building real quick. He goes, what? I said, yeah, I think it'd be funny. Let me shock the Mix 106.5 and then the 1019. So I just started to do it on a whim, and the thing around my neck is my badge to get me back in the door because <laughs> I didn't want to be locked outside. But, uh, but yeah, it was all kind of like, it's just all in fun. No, it was great. It was tremendous. Speaking of tremendous, obviously, yeah. it was a tremendous weekend for uh, Ravens fans. Yeah. And I, I'm in a weird place, Jeremy, and I said this a week ago. I, I, like, I, I'm not saying the Ravens can't lose. They absolutely could lose. They could have lost to the Texans. They could lose to the Chiefs. It's football. We, you know, this is the way it goes. You know this is a better more than anybody else on the planet. But the Ravens are so complete and so thorough and so good that if they lose, even against Patrick Mahomes, to me, it's going to require it being because they conspired in the effort. They have to screw things up in the process in order for it to be the case. I, I just, I, there are so few weaknesses on this team that I don't see a world in which they play their best football and they lose a game. Yeah, well, the only one that worries me it would be the Super Bowl. And if it's the 49ers, it's the only time they'd be an underdog in the postseason. Because right now, depending on what happens this week, like, you know, the 49ers could lose two players and win the game and the spread would change or whatever if it's somebody important. Um, but the 49ers would be a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Ravens. Ravens obviously favored over anyone else. If the Bills had come here, it would have been three. Chiefs, it's three-and-a-half, three in some places. And then, of course, uh, if they face the Lions, I think they're like four-and-a-half to five-point favorites in the Super Bowl. So um, they're the only ones that really scare me. I'm not afraid of Kansas City. And I'm not – like, this isn't me taking a shot at Kansas City. Like, I just – I'm that confident in the Ravens right now to get there. Now, all bets are off if they meet the 49ers because I think with two weeks to prepare and a loss already under their belt that they're going to be ready for this this time around and uh, could end up being different. But, you know, I'll wait to make a prediction if we see those two teams. But, um, yeah, you got to love it. I mean, this is so much fun leading into 
like if, if the Ravens get to the Super Bowl, it's going to lead us right into spring training with, you know, usually we, we dread that month of February for sports, but I don't think it's going to be that bad at all, depending on what happens. Yeah, it'd be really nice because Maryland basketball is not going to help us out in any way. So that would be really yeah, pleasant if we, could, yeah, if we could just drag those things through together. And, and by the way, we, we will. We would have time to talk about the 49ers, and clearly as long as they have Debo Samuel back, we know that they're going to be a little bit better. But I don't know, man. Like, I... I, I, it, it just sort of feels I, – I, I know this is the stuff that can't be measured, although DVOA says the Ravens are you know one of the greatest teams of all time. The stuff that can't be measured is like the the edge that it feels like they have, and I, I you know that's where it reminds me of like the 2000 Ravens. It's obviously a very different team because that team had no offense. But like the edge and the chip on the shoulder and the Lamar factor, like, dude, I, the little things, man, like watching that guy, we were talking about this with Kadri a minute ago, watching him get after Ronnie Stanley in the first half of that game, and the reaction from Ronnie Stanley not being like, dude, what is this guy's problem, or creating an issue, but instead getting maybe the best football that we've seen out of Ronnie Stanley in years, and then hugging it out after afterwards, I, I don't know how to measure that factor like I can't come up with a statistic for it but there is something so zoned in about this team that I have seen so rarely in the history of this franchise it's why I've said like I hate the word I hate MVP I hate it because it's hard to judge value for each team like somebody's more important to this person or this team whatever but like to me he's the definition of what you know valuable is because you can't really put a number on it you can't put like you can't sit here and break it down and says it's this this or this like, you can look at the athleticism and the talent and all that, but I think his leadership qualities are second to none in this league. And I, it, it's what you pointed out with the Ron. Like, he stiff-armed Ronnie Stanley because he was in the way and then yelled at him while he was on the ground, and then we all heard that there was an expletive-laden um, yeah, halftime head. speech to yeah. get these guys fired up. And, like, and nobody holds any ill will towards him. They all just love him. And, and I think that's part of it, like, knowing that he's never coming from a place being negative or taking a shot at you. He's coming from a place that just wants to win. And it's very hard when you've got guys that are this good to keep, I don't want to say keep them in line, but, keep, you know, kind of keeping everybody in check to know what their jobs are. Uh, it, it's something, man. It's something to behold. It is. I, I, I keep worried that I'm traipsing into extraordinary hyperbole, but, like, what what we're seeing from Lamar Jackson right now to me isn't watching a really good athlete. It's watching an artist. It's watching, like, it, it to me feels like watching Jimi Hendrix step on the stage at Woodstock, right? Like, it just... I, 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 I don't want to go too far with it, but it feels like I'm watching something transcendent right now in watching this cat play football. It's not quite like watching me run high knees in the snow. That's true. In the snow that, that, that's more you like, know, like Da Vinci, right? Like peak male athleticism was shown on Friday. Yeah. Um, and you may not like it. You, you, may yeah. not, you may not even want to get to that. Uh, that that point of no, but you you, know, you got to deal with it. Yeah, but you yeah. have to deal with it. That's the way yeah. it goes. Like you have to accept that that's what it is. So let me let me ask you this though, because and one of the reasons I love having these conversations, I always feel like we're just talking. You know, it's just it's yeah. us asking yep. each other questions. Yep. But but like you know, if not now, when? Because this is probably the weakest Chiefs team you've seen since Lamar's been in the league. You finally get the game at home. This is clearly the best team that he's had, offense and defense. So if it's not now, when? So, you know, like that—that's the question. It, it just makes it tough when you look at the way that everything shoots up. It's totally what you're saying. Reed and I actually had a conversation about this last week over on a 105.7 The Fan. Um, I, when we say everything is set up for them, it feels like the flip side is now or never, right? Like it does. When you say 
hey, there, it's never been set up for them like it is right now. And you're right. It, it, it's unbelievably, the setup is incredible. I compared it, though, the last time I felt like things were this set up for the Baltimore Ravens was 2011. And, of course, they didn't mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl in 2011. And then nothing felt like it was set up in 2012. Everything went wrong. Terrell Suggs gets hurt. Ray Lewis gets hurt. Like, they can't win a game down the stretch, and then out of nowhere they go win the Super Bowl. So I, I'm, it's tough for me when I say this. I think it would be devastating if they lost this game on Sunday. It would be devastating. But I also look at this roster and say, I don't know how dramatically different it's going to look. I think we all assume that Patrick Queen is going to be gone, right? Um, yeah. And if that's the case, that's a bummer because Patrick Queen has played really good football. But I don't know that anybody was discouraged by what they saw from Trenton Simpson when he got on the field in Week 18. Um, I, 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 that w- that they will take a step back, undoubtedly, losing Patrick Queen. But for the most part, it, and if Keaton Mitchell continues to improve, like they could be better at the running back position moving forward. Like For the most part, it looks like they are set up for at least a small window. So I, I don't want to make it seem like it's not, you know, that this is really important. But I don't know that it's now or never either. Like, again, the coordinators will be a wild card in this because they have been such a perfect fit that you worry that, you know, if either one of them leaves, that could screw things up. I just don't know from a roster standpoint that I'm expecting them to not be right there in the mix for the next two years as well. And to your point with that, too, like, I mean, I know the narrative is going to be if not now, when. Right. But, like, you may – and I know this is unlikely. You may never see the Chiefs again in the postseason. You may never yep. have that matchup. Like the Chiefs, if if uh, Josh Allen doesn't throw a bounce pass uh, in the end zone, or Stephon Diggs doesn't drop that pass, maybe we're talking a little bit differently today about yep. what this game means. But but you're 100 percent right that the seasons change, the matchups change, the teams change, all those things. Um, so inherently, yeah, maybe it is all talk for naught. But I do think it's it's kind of an interesting point that's brought up, like. There should be no excuses right now. This oh, should no. be a game you win because yep. I wonder what you say if you lose. No, you're the better team. You're the better team. You're playing at home, all of those things. E- everything has lined up for you in that way. And it's also, like, it, it still, as much as last week was important for Lamar Jackson from a narrative perspective, because it was always kind of silly that we judged, and, and I know you talk about this a lot because you're a Peyton Manning guy, right? Like, it, it's it's nonsense that we are portraying Lamar Jackson as being a bad playoff quarterback. What we really were reflecting was he had one bad playoff loss, right? Like, you're not ju- – mm-hmm. imagine judging Lamar Jackson or any quarterback by a playoff game they played after they had, like, six starts in their life. So the Chargers game I'm not judging him by. They lost a coin flip game in Buffalo to Josh Allen and the Bills. Does that make somebody a bad playoff quarterback? There was one game that was a bad loss for Lamar Jackson, and that game allowed for there to be a narrative. So – Winning this yeah. game at least means you didn't replicate what happened in 2019 when you peed down your leg as a number one seed. But if they were to turn around and lose this game, the narrative is only going to change to well, what's the, you know who are the only quarterbacks Lamar has beaten in the playoffs? A journeyman and a rookie, right? Like there, the 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 narrative thing will still be significant if the Ravens lose this football game. If they lose the Super Bowl, it's vastly different. Joe Burrow's not won a Super Bowl, but nobody knocks Joe Burrow because he got to one, right? Like, yeah. it, it's not like he's thought of as being a, a – and, and they you know they battled to the end of that game. They didn't go get their ass kicked. Winning this game kind well, of destroys all the narratives, whereas if you lose this game, the narratives will still be plenty afterwards. It's so weird because, like, when we get – and, you look, you know I'm a Peyton guy. When we get to the end of his career, uh, people still make the jokes about him being a regular – like, Scott would do it to me all the time with the 
oh, greatest regular season quarterback of all time. But the narrative that people write, and it's the talking head stuff, and this is where I think the media gets it wrong, but we're always going to talk about these things. Like, oh, this guy can't win. He can't win. But people said John Elway couldn't win the big one. And then what do we say at the end of his career when he's finally done it twice? Like, you know, it's just – it's so weird to me that people write this stuff. Like, Lamar getting the playoff games in his first five seasons, uh, it should be downplayed and should be looked at differently than Justin Herbert not, you know. And, right. oh, he's the best. He does this. And, and I'm not trying to compare – and I'm not even trying to knock Justin Herbert. It's just the way that we look at things. I saw somebody say – what was it? Rex Ryan said that uh, eventually Josh Allen will get his hooks in him and reel it in and win a Super Bowl. And I'm like, God, if that were only the way that we talk about Lamar here, you know, like it's it's so different. A hundred percent. I just it, some of the narratives bother me, man. Oh, it always and has. they should. And they're not fair. Like again, I I think Josh Allen's a great quarterback, despite the fact that he's never been to a Super Bowl. I think he's a great quarterback. I think if they lose the game mm-hmm. on Sunday, Lamar Jackson's a great quarterback. But these narratives exist, man. Like these, this is this, yeah. is, and you'll have to deal with it. That's just the way that it goes. You'll have to deal with it. All right. Um, and you I, can't tell me, by the way, that that wasn't in the back of your mind after the special teams returned, and they're they're lining you know, up it's to funny. field goal to possibly take it's, the lead. It's, it's so like, funny. We you all said thought that. about it. I, I didn't, man. Like it's, and you can go back and look at Twitter. I said something about it then. Like I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the trust that I have in Lamar Jackson right now. I don't know how to explain it. But I sat there and said. There's no real doubt about which of these teams have been better. One goofy play made this a tie game. And, you know, we said that it wasn't great that Todd Munkin didn't have checkdowns lined up when the Texans were blitzing. But it's understand that they didn't game plan for the Texans to be blitzing because the Texans barely blitzed this season and then suddenly were blitzing on 70% of plays. And they're so good at adjusting. They have been so good at adjusting this season that there was no doubt in my mind that they were going to see the same thing we all were seeing, which is, hey, if there would just be a checkdown option here, there'd be a completely different story. And weirdly, I, I had no qualms, no, no reservations. I thought at halftime the Ravens had been the better football team, and we're going to have every opportunity to prove how much better of a football. Now, I don't know that I would have bet if you had said, hey, the spread is, uh, you know, 23 and a half in the second half. I don't know if I'm, I'm betting that, but I just really didn't have any reservation. There's something weird about this team, man. Like, they are I, – I know that the, 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 the Browns game happened. I, I don't. It's been so long. I just don't feel like they're a team that anybody can truly punch in the ma- – like, it would take them falling apart at the moment. It would take yeah. them – screwing up, making multiple major... You know, Kyle Hamilton dropped an interception, and that was a bummer. But I think it would have to be more significant than that. It would have to be bad, you know, the, the, the Steelers thing. Like a series of just completely forgetting how to play football for a little while. I, I don't know, man. I, I Maybe I'm being hyperbolic, and maybe I'm going too far with it. But they have been so locked in that it's it's hard to, 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 to have a lot of fears. I don't think so. I mean, look, you're a fan... And look, I'm a fan too. It's just, and, and people have asked me that too. I had somebody ask me this weekend. So I thought you were a Colts fan. And I said, look, man, when, when Manny went to the Broncos and they played the Colts, I said, I realized who I was a fan of. I was yeah. always a fan of his. Yeah. And then now, like, I do, I pull for the Ravens. It feels a little weird for me, but like, I'm constantly, that's why Saturday was like such a weird day because I was the only person that was upset after the Ravens win because of that field goal. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> celebrating and I'm still in my field. Like, I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'm going, I called a game perfectly. I literally said I'd be shocked if the Texans scored 10 points, but I'll give them 10, and I think the Ravens win 26 to 10. And then here we are. Here we are with them scoring that last touchdown when it's 27 to 10, and ironically, you know, kicking that field goal. 
I just, uh, yeah. God, it, or whatever it was, whatever the score ended up being, but just frustrating, man. But, you know, like, it's, you're right, though. Like, even as a fan, I think you can co- kind of compartmentalize and say, I'm not being ridiculous. We have the best defense and offense as a Ravens fan that, of anybody in the league. Yep. Like, there's, it's, the combination is great. And San Fran's kind of close, but I don't think they're there. Yeah, it, the San Fran thing is interesting, right? Because I don't want to overreact to one game, but I, it's, it's also sort of me saying, again, with a, if, if it's a close game with the game on the line, do I have more faith in Lamar Jackson or Brock Purdy? And I li- like Brock Purdy, yeah. but, you know, get, give me Lamar Jackson 10 times out of 10 in that scenario. Hey, before I let you go, I, I want to talk for a minute because I think I'm going to end up seeing you on Friday. Um, I know it's an important day for everybody because Friday would be Mo's uh, 18th birthday. Um, I, I, it really strikes me, and I know you and I have talked about this a lot, like the impact that Mo had, and we never got to see him as an adult, right? Like we never got to see like him going out, like he would be able to speak to corporations, probably to, to you know, international leaders. He was, the significance is overwhelming, and I think about that constantly as he would have been moving into adulthood. Um, just some reflections for you about, Mo and what Mo could have been as an adult and all of that as we get towards his birthday on Friday. Yeah, man, I got to be honest. I wasn't expecting this question, even though I know this is coming up. And um, I mean, I probably should have. But like when you started saying all this stuff about what Mo could have been and all these different like I've never even thought about it. Like, I guess maybe I've been selfish in thinking about what could have been had, you know, I moved to Glen Burnie where I live now. And it was I, I probably could have walked to his house if I really wanted to on a nice day. But um you know, I live like five minutes away from where he lived. And, you know, I always think about how our friendship could have grown. And then once somebody told me this was the year that he would have graduated high school, I started going, oh, my God, man, time is flying by. And it's just it's so weird. Um, but, you know, like I, I still have so many people that I had people text me on Saturday with the M.O. in the end zone. And that, uh, you know, when they missed the kick going into that end zone, they were like, uh, Fairbairn, that was that was courtesy of Mo, you know, blowing that thing wide right or whatever. You know, it's just. Mm. Like, you look at some of those things and just knowing the type of kid he was and how outgoing, he would be eating this up. And um, I, Baltimore would love him. I, I just think that I'm hoping this thing still carries over and people are talking about him 20 years from now. But um, but, but what a special soul, man. Just a, an unbelievable human being. And I had people on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday, they were looking at my tattoo and like, oh, my God, I love this. And then, you know, we were, I was telling the story and telling other people, like I've been telling about the YouTube thing with the NFL Network, like go check it out. It's just been really cool, man, to, to see some of the things that, that could have been, but ultimately it still hurts quite a bit to, to know that he's not here. Uh, I love you, pal, and uh, I hope that I'm going to be seeing you on Friday night. And, um, you know, I, I, it just, I, I keep thinking about it and the responsibility that we have, right, like the rest of us have because yeah. we don't have Mo, um, to, to be that light and to try to continue that impact. It's overwhelming. Um, what's, your, what's your schedule like at the Green Turtle this week? Yeah, so uh, one thing I do want to invite people out to if they want to come out is Thursday at 11.30 in Canton. We're filming a commercial. Um, so we want some fans there. Everybody that comes out gets a free $10 bet. Um, you know, so it's just something small to say thanks for coming out, but you get a chance to be in a commercial. Um, so we'd love to have some people come out, check the place out. Both places, by the way, for the, for the game this weekend, they had to lock the doors at Canton that got so packed. So it was a, it was a really good weekend. Um, but if you haven't watched the game there, I'm telling you, come on out and watch a game. There's nothing quite like it. It's awesome, man. Of course, the Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan, at Jcon Sports on Twitter, and ConcreteLocks.com with two N's. Love you, brother. Look forward to seeing you this week. Thanks as always, pal. All right, guys. I'll see you soon.
It's Jeremy Kahn with us here on 105.7 The Fan. Appreciate him uh, taking the time as he does every Monday for us. Um, we didn't talk about at all about the Maryland basketball game because why would we? I mean, it could have gone much worse. They were down by 15. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Give them credit for the fact that they battled, despite the fact that it wasn't just like a Jameer Young takeover game. You hope that Dante Scott is it's gonna play turning like, a corner. You know. It just it, like you really, and this is, and we'll talk about it more with Patrick tomorrow. But you really, unfortunately, are running into the point where it it almost is impossible. Like you are running. These two, that's the, the sad part, is that like you're almost encouraged by the performances the last two games out, and yet the results are killer because you don't have anything to fall back on. You needed more of these. They have one quad one win all season. You're getting dangerously close to... You just, there's just no time. There's no time still to build a resume, and it's not because they're bad at the moment i would say the, the turn and yeah, the turnovers are problematic they turned the ball over way too much yesterday uh, if you could somehow it's, dismiss the turnovers i think that they're playing a better version of basketball than they have played early in the season they're you know they're still not very good at shooting the ball but like in a, in a weird way because the bar is so low they're improving like they're getting better. Guys are there were at least some open shots that were made yesterday. I mean, like frustrating part too is that like they close the gap, they get all the way back, and then they just sort of got stuck in like the final six minutes of the game. Yeah. They do all that work to get back into it and then they just get stuck. Michigan State's not really doing anything to win the game, although what's his face? Um it starts with an H. Uh, uh, yeah. Hall, Malik Hall. No. Uh not uh he played well. Who is the other guy that I'm thinking of? Who's the other guy that had a uh, I don't know. Michigan State's got a good team. They've, they've, uh, uh, oh, Tyson Walker. No. No, not even him. And he, uh, oh, God. How do they have this much talent and they're just not that good? How is that Oh, Hogard. 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 Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Hogard was the one that yesterday impressed me the most and, and made the big plays. But um, yeah. Well, and they got that big guy that I think just got back. Oh, Cole yeah, the white, guy, the white guy. Yeah, yeah that guy. They, they're excited about him. <laughs> it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating because they're not – Get, they're, they're a couple of plays away from us being able to look back at that second half against Michigan and say, boy, the season turned in that moment. And to have some momentum, if they make one more play against Northwestern, if they make one more play against Michigan State, and all of a sudden they're riding a four-game win streak, and they've gone on the road and won a game, or two games, and they beat a Michigan State team that we all kind of feel like is going to end up. That's the thing about beating Michigan State, is no they matter were, what they are, you always assume that by the end of the season that's going to look like a good win. Right. Just a bummer. Just a yeah. real bummer. Real bummer. Because they can be so good when they're all playing well. Like when the big the, the big three, as Robbie Hillman calls them, are, right. are, all, are all on. Like like Juju is when he's playing yeah. well. And he just didn't play well against Northwestern, right? Like yeah. he didn't play well. Yesterday, I mean, obviously he was great against Illinois. Yeah. Yesterday he was he was good and he actually made a couple of free throws. <laughs> he had that one play again through the double team where he got to the basket that was really impressive. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot more to say about that. Not a whole lot more to say. What did uh, Towson do on Saturday? Uh, Towson won. They uh, they clobbered okay. Campbell. Good. Yeah. So they backed up a uh, big win, obviously yes, against. Yes. Well, Campbell's not very good, but yes, they. they yeah, they but won there's again, something about there's something about Towson after a big win where like 
I just need to like who do they lose to after they beat Wilmington? Um, they lost to they lost at Northeastern. They they came they beat Stony and then they they lost at Northeastern. Okay, all right. Um, after that, they yeah. big one on Thursday night. Drexel. Drexel, yes. Comes into Thursday the night. TU Arena. And that's not on Monumental. Just very. I guess that must mean the Wizards and the Capitals are playing on Thursday. Yeah, I guess that's so. very frustrating. I'm, I'm, on Towson's on TowsonTigers.com, it says MeTV Baltimore. Yes, that's what, what is... they. That is the digital sub channel of WBAL. Oh, okay. I don't know if you can stream that. Oh, I don't know if that's an option, and that's a shame because I, I believe I'll I'll be there. So you're going on. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I have plans on Thursday. Maybe I could talk. Uh, no, no, the kids have school on Friday. I can't talk her into letting me take the kids on Thursday. Oh man. I don't blame her. I actually don't get like they, they don't get rewards on school nights. Like on school nights, you gotta, come on, man. <laughs> like we gotta yeah, lock well, it up. They the next have day, the next day they've Friday. gone. It's this is like their today. Of, uh, championship today game. is like the fourth day of school that they have been to in a month. They're not getting anything done on Friday. It's it's gonna be the it's gonna be the purple Friday. It is the purple Friday. Like, no right one's gonna that. be focused. Yeah, on I don't think I can talk her into it. I don't think that's possible. It's Towson gotta Drexel. Fi- gotta figure out how to stream me TV Baltimore. Somebody's gonna need to help me out on that this week, please. <laughs> Somebody get. By the way, uh, all the apps are great this weekend except for Paramount Plus, and that's a big problem for me because the rest of the games this year would be on Paramount Plus. Mm. So, gotta figure out what's going on there. Also, CBS has got. It. Okay, so I go to watch the Maryland game yesterday, and I turn on Paramount Plus, and there's no Maryland game. I say, well, that's weird. Did it? I don't know what to make of that. So I go to the CBS Sports app, and it says there, well, you can watch the Maryland game here. Great. I found it through my phone. I went to the CBS Sports app on my phone. Okay. I turned the Maryland. I was still in the pregame. Ian Eagle setting things up with Bill Raftery. I'm like, okay, no problem. I just pulled up on my TV. On my TV, it says, "Sorry, you have to watch this game through Paramount Plus." Well, I can't watch the game through Paramount Plus. I tried that, so <laughs> flummoxed and prepared to have to watch the entire game on my phone. I say, well, I got to dig. I got to. I got to. I got to go to work here. I got to figure something out. And I start, there's a third app. It's just called the CBS app. So is it like a CBS so News app almost? Or? It's just CBS. Just That's CBS. all it's called, okay. CBS. And through that app, and then signed in to my parents' ca- Despite the fact that I pay for Paramount Plus, I they get American dollars from me every month for Paramount Plus, which I promise you, I have not watched. Uh, That's not true. My sons watch Good Burger. So there is yeah. one other thing. That we have watched on Paramount Plus besides the All NFL. All the seasons of Survivor on Paramount Plus. Right. I've never watched one. <laughs> Not miss- one. You are missing it. I would watch. Um, are there any Comedy Central shows that are good anymore? Probably oh, I watched. South you know Park what? I watched there? the last season of South. Or no, not the season. I watched. There was a South Park special that I watched on Paramount Plus. So I did watch that. Is there anything else that I would have watched on Paramount Plus? I don't feel like there is. Because there are no other goods. Tulsa King is on. I think I watched Yellowstone. I think I watched one episode of Tulsa King. And it was one of those shows where I was like, I'll watch more of that and never did. Not a Yellowstone guy. And I know I should be because like I feel like I'm being left out of the national discourse. Because half of the stuff is like the show it's showtime too, so Right, you have to you have to get another subscription. Like Yellow Jackets and Yeah. Um Billions. What's but what's just on Paramount Plus? Nineteen twenty three. Which one is nineteen twenty? That's like the other Yellowstone. Oh right, yeah, that's right. Taylor, Taylor, the Sheridan. 18, 18, is that name? What's that guy's name? Taylor Sheridan. Sure, eighteen eighty-three. Is that another Yellowstone thing? Jesus, Christ. I think it's actually that one. Might, no, I think that it's got to be. I think it's got to be. Um, let's see what else is on here. Um, they have Paw Patrol. My kids have grown out of you Paw, Paw Patrol. Patrol. Um, Transformers: SpongeBob. Rise of they the Beast. SpongeBob. Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Is that a show? That's a movie. The new Transformers. Oh, the new Transformers. Movie. No chance. Zero chance. 
Uh, Top Gun Maverick. I tapped they're still, they're still, you know, Top Gun Maverick is still on the homepage because obviously. I mean, I like Top Gun Maverick, but I I watched it. I'm good. <laughs> Mrs. Clark is probably they don't have a whole lot. There's a Top new. I mean, the, again, yeah, this is Showtime though, so I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe I'm sure. Like at this some the, point. So here's what I learned. The Showtime show. I'm paying money for Paramount Plus. I should probably go ahead and cancel that after football season ends, and then just go back to doing what I do for yeah, Orioles whenever, games. whenever like you know the, the the men's national or whenever the the, the soccer national teams are on Paramount. Oh, Plus. you do have to watch that on Paramount Plus, what, don't you? Like, well, I thought some UEFA of those. I thought those no, no, were no. on Turner now. Actually, I thought oh, yeah, Turner got the rights. To the uh, US okay, so Champions team. League. The NWSL yeah. and Serie A are on. Yeah, I only watch the Champions League final. I don't really watch <laughs> the champ. I really that don't. One's, I think that one's on. Well, yes, yeah. Either. But if I can watch it through the CBS app, then I'm good. <laughs> this is an entirely different app. I don't. They gotta. They gotta get their ass together over there, man. Yeah, they gotta. Close. They gotta figure things out. It That's, works for me because Survivor, obviously. Yeah, and I'm telling you, all the other apps stream beautifully this weekend. But last night's game hiccuped constantly. It's Stunk. Stunk, stunk, stunk. Is there anything else from the weekend that we needed to touch on? Um, I don't know. Zach Ertz is going to the Lions. Yeah, that was that just that, that was just random. now. Quite random. <laughs> Dalvin Cook had a nice run. I, I don't think that that suddenly earns him like a bigger timeshare. I, I think he's very much the third running back, but, you know, I, I guess maybe if something were to go wrong and he were to be forced to have more carries maybe you feel more comfortable because he had a nice carry I don't know I, I don't think most of the Mission Impossibles are on Paramount Plus yeah okay all I didn't, the, the network shows you know, Fire watch, Country Fire Country what's Fire Country one of their network shows I've never heard of that in my life they were pushing it last night if you say so I don't remember that remember my app stunk so I might have missed all of the Amazing Race okay. Big Brother yeah all their shows I'm not going to watch any of those zero chance Tough as Nails right the challenge. Get to something that I might watch. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, lip sync, lip sync battle. I guess they're not ah. making. Any, they're not making new. So the new? answer is nothing. Is what you're trying to say? There's nothing that I'm going to watch. They're not going to do. They like have a, a whole Taylor, Taylor Sheridan uh, collection here. Yeah. Um. I'm all in on them uh, rebooting Detroiters. If they did that, then I would be watching mm. that on uh, Paramount Plus. Are they doing that? Is that a, no? Oh. I would love that. Okay. It would be wonderful if they did, but I don't think that's the case. All right, very good. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Don't get me wrong. Old school. Okay. I don't think that's worth paying the, uh, the dollar, dollar figure. Oh, 48 month. hours. There we go. And if you picked up the new print issue of PressBox yet, go do it for free today at your neighborhood Royal Farms. They have the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It's our annual best of issue. Go pick it up today before it's gone. We might be waiting slightly <laughs> before there's a new print issue of PressBox because, you know, there's this whole thing that's still it's still lingering. The original Longest Yard. Great. With the Burt Reynolds? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Tidbit is brought to you today. You haven't sold me on anything. Tidbit Thomas. is brought to you NCIS by Superbook. NCIS Sydney. Tidbit is brought to you by Superbook. The other uh, line for the week, the 49ers are seven-point favorites against the Lions. Apparently, the Zach Ertz signing does not move the needle all that much. You got a pretty good tight end there. Um, so... You know, I, you know, it's weird when I do get the picks this week, I'm going to have to a little bit think about, you know, I, I will have to at least start considering the fact that I've got to close the gap on John and Little Rock. I don't know if that's going to impact my picks because it's what I'm really worried about, right? What I'm really worried about is that if we pick both games the same way this week and I'm one game down going into the Super Bowl and it's the Ravens in the Super Bowl, 
I would require me to pick against the Ravens, and I don't want to do that. So I want to close the gap this week. So I got to think about it. Just got to think. I don't know what that means I'm going to do. I got to think about it this week. I don't know how I feel about it. I picked the four. Like, there's a part of me that said, well, I picked the 49ers last week, and they failed me, so maybe I should pick against them this week. But if they get Debo back. Lions are always fun to bet on, though. What's the line in that one? They are, but the Lions are pretty imperfect, too. Seven is the number. Seven's the number. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code Clark 23 When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose from Superbook. The Ravens have now 11 wins against teams who are 500 or better, including playoffs. That's 11 wins uh, over 500 teams. Uh, There are two teams in NFL history with more wins against. There are two teams with 12 wins against 500 teams or better in a season, including the playoffs. Those both went on to win the Super Bowl. I want to say the Patriots, but like it probably was hard because they didn't really have other good teams in their yeah. division. Uh, the Patriots is one of them. What year? The undefeated year? No, not the undefeated year. Okay, what year? It was because they won the Super Bowl. Uh, 2004 Patriots. Oh, they won the Super Bowl, right. Yes. Yeah, sorry, my fault. And the other one also won the Super Bowl? Um, the other one was the uh, the uh, artist formerly known as the uh, Skins. No, not them. The Mark, I was thinking of the Mark the... Rippon team. Um, the Cowboys. Not the Cowboys. It the, was this millennium. It was this millennium. So it was a Colts team. It was a Colts team. It was the, well, they only won one Super yeah. Bowl. So it was the time they won the Super it Bowl. It was 2006, the Colts. Yes. about to like go through the, I'm like, I got to count the Colts many Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. Um, and Patrick Mahomes has now moved up to sixth all time in postseason passing touchdowns. I'm surprised it's only sixth, if I'm being totally honest with he you. It won't take long before he is uh, yeah. firmly in second place. All right, so five ahead of him. There are five ahead of Brady. him. Brady. Brady's won. 88 Manning. touchdowns. Manning or uh, Manning is fifth. Okay, well, it sounds like he's ahead of him. Yeah, he's two touchdowns ahead. Montana. Uh, Montana's third, yes. Who is second? tied for? Actually, he's tied for second. Montana's okay. tied. So who's he tied with? Rodgers? Uh, yes, Aaron Rodgers. Brady, Rodgers, Montana, number four. Manning. It's a goofy Mahomes. thing because like Rodgers only won one Super Bowl, so like you don't. But you know, he's, he's been there every year yeah. for the most part. Loses loses Except a lot of uh, NFC title games. Yeah, he's good at that. Uh, and then the other one is boy. Uh, the other one's Marino. Uh, Marino is top ten. He is not. Uh, he's not top. The other five, one's though. Jim Kelly. He's ninth. Marino's ninth. Not Jim Kelly. The other one's John Elway. John Elway is just outside the top ten. Only twenty-seven. The other one's points. Stupid Roethlisberger. Uh, Ro- Stupid Roethlisberger is just ahead of Marino, um, at eight. The other one is. Might as well round it to ten. At this Kurt point. Warner. Kurt Warner will be tenth. <laughs> Aikman. Uh, Aikman would be like fifth. Uh, he's a little further down. Steve Young. Steve Young is not top ten. Jesus Christ! Uh, Only twenty for Steve Young. Favre. Favre is number four. I'm kind of surprised by that, to be honest. Forty-four touchdowns. Surprised by that. And uh, Mahomes will likely, uh, within a year, probably pass, get up to number two. He's yeah. number two is forty-five right now. He's got thirty-eight. So. Very good. Well, we'll finish we'll number see. seven, round at the top ten, number seven. Uh, well, number seven was Rivers. No, not Rivers. Number seven was uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Not Russell Wilson. Number seven was... 25. One behind Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson. Is. How about that? Uh, number seven was... 
Fran Tarkenton. Not Fran. <laughs> Number seven was Roger Staubach. Uh, not Staubach. We can round at the top 20 at this point. <laughs> God damn it. Number seven was... Terry Bradshaw. Uh, Bradshaw uh, was was uh, 11th. <laughs> we really are doing a... We've, we've hammered out the top 16, I think. Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan would be like 20. Matt Stafford. Not Stafford. Didn't play enough playoffs. No. How about... All right, just tell me. Uh, number seven, it is New Orleans Saints. Long time oh, Drew Brees. Saints what am I quarterback. doing? Yeah, that's, that's Drew stupid. Brees, stupid of me. Stupid of me. I should have yeah. gotten that. All right, very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, I got bad news. Hey, ain't much. You better be a tennis fan like your boy. You're a tennis fan. It's a great night. Ah, oh, Coco, yeah, Coco. Coco plays at nine yeah. o'clock. Then it is jo- a good night. Djokovic, yeah. Fritz. After that, like nice little back to back. Thankfully, they put the Americans on early tonight. Um, appreciate that. Although oh, Center Rublev is really good too, and that's the late night one tonight. Um, and then Sabalenka plays late tonight too. Is the the like the, there's going to be a, one of the semifinals is going to be likely Sabalenka Coco. The other one is going to be two players you have never heard of in your life. There is no one on the other side of the draw that you have ever heard of. Um, now we got, now we got to see Griffin. I mean, I'm not not a chance in hell. I if I gave you f- five hundred guesses, okay, I won't look. You couldn't come up with any of the players on the other side Victoria of the draw. Victoria Azarenka. No, but she uh she was there. She made a deep run, but she lost. Uh, Maria Sakari lost, right? Yep, yep. She very Griffin. When I tell you. <laughs> That you cannot name. What, what I mean is that, what like, country. Uh, one of them is from, is a neat story from the Ukraine. Oh man, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, what's her name? Diana Yastremska. That's the one. Is it really? That's the one. All She's right. a neat story. Uh, Ukrainian player that was a qualifier that is all the way into wow. the quarterfinals. Did she used to be like really high? high um, higher, she was not. higher. Yes, yeah. never like really, really high, but okay. she was higher ranked. Linda Naskova, of course. who I had never heard of before this tournament. And I care. Uh, uh, Kinwen Zhang is the only ranked player on that side. She's from China. And then uh, Anna Kalinskaya, who I also had never heard of before this tournament. Those are the quarterfinalists on the other side of the draw. Uh, Sabalenka Krejcikova is pretty good tonight. And then Coco Is that how you say it? Krejcikova, yes. Oh, okay. Um, Marta Kostyuk is playing Coco Golf tonight. So that'll be the first first match uh, is at 9 o'clock on ESPN2. And uh, that's about it. Um, Cincinnati, Kansas, 9 o'clock on ESPN. Wake Forest, North Carolina, 7 o'clock on ESPN. As I guess this is the official start of Big Monday since uh, okay. they had had football mm-hmm. until this week. Um, Spurs, 76ers at 7 on NBA TV. Hawks, Kings at 10. NHL Network, Golden Knights, Devils at 7. USA this afternoon has Brighton and Hove Albion and Wolverhampton Wanderers at 245. USA Raw tonight, or WWE Raw tonight at 8 on USA. Which is, of course, just an appetizer for the season two finale of Barmageddon. Right. This is the moment we've With, all been uh, waiting Shelton. for. He will be participating that in the That show games. gets a big push on this program. Um, Yellowstone at 9 o'clock on CBS. Uh, if you're but it's not new, right? No, it's, it's not new, like, because but it's on TV. from the strike, they yeah. decided to put... Yeah, if you don't have Paramount I think, Plus. I think ABC's doing the same thing with Only Murders. Correct. Yes, yeah. I believe that. I think the season one finale is tomorrow of Only Murders. Or maybe it's Wednesday, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, season 28 premiere of The Bachelor on ABC at 8 o'clock. I have a friend, no Monday Night Football. I have a friend who works at my gym. 
um, a, a nice guy named Bruce. He be on the Bachelor. I uh, know. Apparently, tried out for the Golden Bachelorette. Like they're gonna do because oh. they did the Golden Bachelor. They're gonna do the Golden Bachelorette, and he oh, had an no, interview so to be one of the suitors on the Golden Bachelorette. So he did. Is he? I guess we don't know. He doesn't oh, okay. know. Yet. He doesn't know. He doesn't okay. know. Right, Just cool. happened. Uh, yeah. The Traders is also like coming to NBC. Is gonna play with the Traders at ten tonight. People like the show. I don't. Know. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like giving it a try, but go for it. Survivor's my only one. Dakota Johnson's gonna be on Fallon. She is hosting SNL this week. Um, yes, and okay. uh, and then Judy Justice out on Freebie. This is Judge Judy, uh, just doing her, just doing Judge Judy Sharks sure. season sure. three. I can't delete Freebie from my uh, like. I need, I wanted to clear some space on my whatever you call it, Fire oh, Stick okay. at oh, home, okay. r- whatever it is. I wanted to clear some space because we have a couple of apps that are taking up a lot of space. So I was like, ah, I'll de- I'll delete Freebie. I've literally never watched it in my life. I think most things that are on Freebie are on Prime. I think. Uh, Freebie, I think, is a Google thing, okay. if I remember correctly. Uh, maybe, I believe Freebie so. is owned by Google. Um, so I go to de- – they won't let you delete it. They said <laughs> – oh, no, I guess it makes sense. It's a fire – if it's Amazon, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, uh, okay. Because okay. it's an Amazon Fire Stick, right? So, like, if they won't let you delete it, it's probably because it's owned by Amazon. Okay, then yes. So then, yeah, it would make sense that it will be on Prime as well. Right. But if the app's there, I guess they want you to use their – So annoying. Freebie app? So annoying. I'm like, I don't – just get rid of this. All right, very good. We done? We I done. believe so. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks today to Kadri Smile. Thanks also to um, uh, Saran Petro from down in Kansas City and Jeremy Conn. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Kevin Zeitler will mm-hmm. join us, Ravens offensive lineman. Uh, also on the program tomorrow, Mike Golick Jr. We'll do some of our normal Tuesday stuff. Patrick Stevens will talk some Terps, uh, County Sports Zone Radio and stuff and things. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Go Coco Golf. Go Taylor Fritz. Duke sucks.